So I'm trying to evoke the best version of the music that will encapsulate everything that makes this show what it is. Yeah, yeah. How you, how you reckon you're going to do that? Well, I was thinking, you know, like some really just blazing metal, you know, some good, you know, good uh, heavy fast drums in there, just... Some some tunes, some tunes. Yeah, proper tunes, just like... Proper tunes, what you listen to. the kettle on, have a cup of tea, to my be in the land of grand players and strangers, or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you got any other ideas? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, maybe like uh, something more like soulful. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been working on, on this one. I'll, I'll give that a play for you. Things we've watched, things we've seen, things we've played through. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's quite, uh, quite a sound to it. Yeah, well, you know, that was what I was thinking. But uh, how about this one? I've got one more one. It's a bit more sort of synthy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and That's do some skits and have a giggle mm-hmm. and a general catch up. Catch How are up? you doing? How much catch up? Uh, like a bottle's worth. Okay. Yeah. That'll keep you going for a couple of days. <laughs> How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm alright. Oh. Well, we've had a long weekend, but it didn't feel like it because there was a lot of working. Yeah, it's it's been it's it blew past. It did. It went. <laughs> I mean, you you did a, a go away. I went away for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I had a lovely time doing an explore of mysterious places I shall not mention. Um, I got to see some very nice weather um, mm. and some lovely trees. Yep. It was very nice. Yeah. Uh, and you were busy doing workings. I was busy working, yeah. I I, I did briefly pop out of the house once. <gasps> you, you left the house? Briefly, while it was still not uh, too explodey hot. Um, and and I um I spent most of it sat in front of my laptop, trying to make like swap it onto opposite knees, just like you can be on that knee for ten minutes and then that knee before, just my whole lower region just boils. Yeah, you've uh, been you've been working on a big project. I've been coding that game I keep talking yeah, about. Yeah, that that text adventure you're doing to work on. Yeah. You've had um, to do a lot of troubleshooting this week. I s- sat down on I think it was like. Saturday afternoon, Saturday yeah. morning, and I was like, I know, I, I'm, I'm going to probably finish this by this evening. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing is, it's a text adventure. I've already typed in, like, pretty much all of the, like, objects. They they all, all have yeah. the descriptions written. It's just a case of copying and pasting those in. I've already put the locations in. I've already put, like, lots of stuff. It's now just a case of going through and going, okay, I have all these items. I'm going to write a task to make... These things do that thing, like, to combine things to make yeah. something else. It's the Cody bit now. All the key and lock stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, that make that makes a, a puzzle game. So, like, it it's seemed to be going fine, and then I've just run into this random error where it's like, this thing is not inside or on another object. It's like, neither is that, and you pick that up. <laughs> But it's not in or on something. I, I, I mean, just... it was fine when items weren't in or on things before, but now they've got to be in or on things. Apparently so. Yeah. You you can have the acorns, but you cannot have that ball of string. You you have hit that wonderful stage of working with any game engine where it's like, oh, I've discovered the weird finicky things about this that I don't know how to fix. 
Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm working through. Yeah, um, you've you found solutions. I to found get around solutions. I put things in and on things. Yeah, and then in order to make sure that you could still see the thing when it was in and on something, I had to make special conditions for the description of the thing it was in or on. Indeed, so that it would describe it as <clears throat> being there, a being in or on the thing, or not in or on the thing. Yeah, yeah. it seems like an unnecessary extra step. Yeah, but it it works. So. I, I've pretty much finished the whole section of the game. It's had a little bit of a playtest with somebody mm-hmm. today. So I know a little bit about, hey, a person who's never played a text adventure before, like, how will you approach this given only just a small selection of commands? Yeah. The answer is, I need to do more writing. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I might need to put, like, a... Like a way of highlighting important texting or something. Yeah. It it's it's a thing you learn when you try and make games of any description is How the things interact the this? things that you take for granted as someone who is literate with that particular genre of game uh-huh. that you then realise like, oh, not everyone knows this off the bat. Oh. This is why I very much wanted somebody who'd never played a text adventure before to be the first one to go. Here is a large chunk of game. Please, can you have a go at it? Yeah, I, I think you made the right call there. <laughs> um, but yes, they will. Hopefully, it will be finished in the next couple of weeks, and that will go out to my um, my patreons. So head on over to patreon.com dot slash radio and you'll get a free copy of that. And then in like three months' time, I'll release it to everyone else because I don't want to be super gatekeepy about it. That's fair, but, but I'm doing I want a... the people who, yeah. who who have done a help to 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 be appreciated. I'm doing a big heckin' proud of you on this project. I finally finished writing a game of a proper size. Yay! What what about you? What have you been uh, what have you been playing with? Shall I briefly talk about the thing that I've got running on the screen while we're, we're literally recording? playing Pokemon Let's Go? Right yeah, now. I'm still I'm still ghastly. I'm still plugging away with that master. The Master Trainer quest. Yeah. Um, I'm currently trying to beat the uh, the Ghastly Master Trainer with my shiny Ghastly. Ghastly. Because um, I had that realization the other day when we were talking that I was like, mm-hmm. it's only like two months until uh, Sword and Shield Quickly, come out. Sword and Shield. Must yeah. have Master everything. I I feel like I need to finish Master doing my Master Training. So I'm still fighting these Master Trainers. I'm getting there. I'm like, chronologically, I've done the first nearly a hundred. I think. Plus, I've done some in that final 50. I've already gone ahead and done a bunch. Oh, wow. Like, I feel like I'm probably within about 20 Pokemon of being done. Are you going to stream the end of that? When I get down to, like, the last five, I'm probably going to go stream the last five Master Trainers. Um, So, at some point, probably in the next two to three weeks, I would hope, I'm going to finish this up. I want to get it finished up before, like, mid-September, so I've got a couple of months to play other things before I go back into Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? I've done a lot of cubing and twisty puzzling this week. Yeah? Yeah, so a, about, was it a month ago, maybe slightly more, I finally took the X2 off the shelf. Yeah! And went, I'm going to have a go at the X2. And then you sort of made a whimpering sound for a second. I made a, a considerable amount of whimpering noises. I, I managed to get it back into a, a, a cross shape Yeah, fairly fairly quickly. That was quite a good thing. I managed to get, like, all but one side of it pretty much done. Nice. And then it sat there for a little while while I just went, mm-hmm. Um But recently I've I've been learning 
a different way of doing a 3x3 three three This is your cube? first two layers at once method? Yes. yes. Um, well, the, the, method is, the method is CFOP. Oh, CFOP, sorry. Um, the method is CFOP, which is uh, cross first two layers, orient last layer, and permute last layer. Hmm. Um, so... What I used to do was a standard layer by layer method. So F2L's been really good for getting the first two layers in quickly. Um, I'm learning the patterns of that and how to, to sort of solve that more quickly. Yeah. And because at first it was like, I've learned a new method. I've slowed down considerably. Yeah, just because just cause you've not got that sort of um, familiarity. Exactly. It's not uh, muscle memory yet. E- exactly. And like, it's... You're not just going, where is the thing of one specific colour that I need to focus on? I'm going, yeah. okay, there's th- at least three colours I'm going to have to be concentrating on. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot more to think about. It is more to think about. Um, and I, I'm getting better at sort of immediately recognising the patterns and how I need to move things. Yeah. My cross has got faster, which was yeah. a thing I've not done for a while. Like, I've made some improvements on how I solved the first cross. Yay! Um... But some of the um, orient the last layer, uh, or sorry, permute the last layer, Hmm. um, things that have come up on that helped me get through the next two layers on the uh, The the X2. Yeah. So I was like, aha, I've done the thing. And I've done the thing, and I've put it back in its box, and it's going to sit on the shelf for at least another year before I touch it again. You you made it to the point where you had, like, one line left, and you sat for a couple of days (laughs) like, I I, I don't know how to do this without fucking it up. I sat there just glaring at it for a while. But you you did it, and I'm super impressed. Like, without without looking up how to do it, you worked it out and and did it. I spent most of this weekend learning different... um, Permutation, uh, yeah, per, uh, permutation stuff for the last layers on a three by three, and I feel like I've picked up some good stuff for doing the X two. Yeah, so I think I think I've done all right. It's 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 a really odd puzzle. Yeah, um, it's it's very hard going, and it's it's doesn't turn super well. No, like. It's not as likely to pop apart and, you know, break as I think you initially worried it would be. No, but it locks it locks up rather yeah. than popping. And my main concern was it's going to pop and I'm going to have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, if that thing popped, I'd just be like, well, we consider this one done. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that... Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably have a, a good, good go at trying to put it back together. Yeah, but... I would not it's, blame you if it never went back together. It's certainly an intimidating prospect. It's it's like popping a seventeen by seventeen, and you just go, <laughs> "Well, there's a lot here, and it looks very similar." Yeah, um, yeah. So I did that, and um, I also got some new uh, stickers from from Oscar stickers. Oh yes, Oliver stickers. Sorry, um, I got uh, a set of lenticular images that switch between two different soul states. And I also got a set of hide-and-seek stickers. Yeah. So when you look at them from one angle, you've got all the colours. When you look from from an ang- another angle, it's completely black. Yeah, that's yeah. that's quite a funky one. Yeah, and also I got uh, a treasure cube recently. Yeah. I finally got one of uh, Oscar's treasure cubes. Because they've seems... started doing them again. Yeah, it seems real funky. It is very funky. So basically, when you get it in a standard... It's a standard 3x3, three three, but when you solve it, you can just pop one side off it. Yeah. And do it as a keepy thing. Um, so I popped the hide-and-seek stickers on it to make it more difficult. 
And then I've made the solution to open it not a solved state. Yeah. It's, well, I suppose it's a solved state, but you're you're solving it into not the traditional solved state. Yeah, it solves for opening, but it is not solved for stickers matching. Yeah, it's... It's quite a funky little thing you've put you've put Ooh. together. I am I am impressed. Yeah, and I, I stripped uh yeah, stripped, cleaned and, and re reassembled and oh, lubricated that, that one and restickered uh, an MF three. It moves real nice. It moves really <laughs> very nice. It's a Moyo MF three, so it's a a budget speed cube. Yeah. But like it's had some love on it now and it feels like it moves really well. Um, it's 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 not too floaty. It doesn't it doesn't pop. It corner cuts really nicely. Yeah, it's it's what you want your cube to feel like. Yeah, especially when you're only spending like under a fiver on it. <laughs> that, that, that 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 is running nicely for a cube. That cube of that was under range. a fiver. I I used to have a uh, a Diane like um like former world record holding cube, mm. and I lost it at a house party, unfortunately. Ah, uh, um, and like it did not move quite as well as as that MF3 does now that I've fucked about with it. Nice. Mm. So yeah, what else uh, have you played with? Should we talk about that thing we played together this week? We played a couple of things together this uh, week. Should we talk about the one that is? Well, it'll be out by the time people listen to this, but when we record, it's not out <sighs> yet. <sighs> McGasp! Are yeah. we going to talk about the Dark Pictures anthology Man of Madame? Yeah, you've memorized the full title. I have. Uh, I wrote a whole review about yeah. it today. Do you want to do you want to talk about it a little bit first? Uh, so yeah, it's from the people that brought you until dawn. Yeah. Imagine if Until Dawn was the Telltale engine, and we were just telling different horror stories in yeah. that same it's, engine. It's shorter than Until Dawn was. Like yeah. it's for a single playthrough. Like I, th- it varies depending on whether you play it in online co-op or uh, local slash single player. Yes, if and you're we'll playing, get to the wise of that. In a yeah, moment. we'll get to that in a minute. But like locally, it's about probably about five hours. I yeah, reckon. About, about um, that. It's probably closer to three and a half hours if you do it uh, online co-op. Yeah, because you get to play different scenes with your individual characters. So yeah. somebody might be on one side of the ship having one whole experience. Somebody else might be somewhere else exploring in something else entirely. Yeah. And that will be happening at the same time, but eventually decisions might affect each yeah. other should, and other things going should on. Should I talk a little bit about that? Because I did a playthrough in, you in have co-op done a mode. Playthrough, yeah. yeah, so if you play in online co-op, like you and... This was not a thing in, in Until Dawn. It, that was a single player only game. And now what you'll do is sometimes you'll be in the same scene as your co-op partner and you'll both be controlling two different characters in that scene. Sometimes the party will split and it'll... Uh, a really early example is... Two characters go diving under the water to go look at a shipwreck, and two people stay up on the surface of the water and have a run-in with some other people in a boat. And then your two scenes converge back together, and you've both done things that the other player hasn't seen, and you have information the other player doesn't have, and it's up to you how much of that you choose to reveal in dialogue to the other person. Mm. Um, It's really, really interesting. Um... I will say, in the least spoilery way possible, I think if you're going to play this game, and I didn't expect myself to say this, you know, when I started playing, I think online co-op, without talking to the other player, is the best way to have your first playthrough of this game. 
I think you might be I, right. I think there is one particular scene, and I think you know what I'm on about. No, exactly. What yeah, you're about. where they really, really, really use make good use of the fact that you and this other player are off doing completely different things. You have no clue where the other person is, and then something happens, and it's it's a really cool use of co-op in a horror in a sort of asynchronous horror mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say we didn't have fun. Like we played local co-op yes. where we divvied up the characters. So like yes. you got three of the characters, I got two of them, and every now and then it'd say, "Hand the controller to this person." Yeah. Um, I think that was a really nice way to play together. It was a lovely way to play together, and like I, I mentioned this in my review, like the fact that when we played the first game, because it isn't specifically a multiplayer game, we were just going, "We'll pass it between each other, and we'll pretty much make all of the decisions between us." Like, if it's a big decision, and we've got, like, actual time, we'll go, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, whereas with this one, it was very much like, these are my characters, I'm going to play them, you're going to play your characters, and we, we I think we got through that okay, we yeah. didn't really I, feel any great need to discuss those decisions. I, I think it, it largely formalised, like, it gave us some ownership over these characters yeah. and made their decisions a bit more consistent as opposed yeah. to when playing until dawn we sort of co-opt by sort of handing it back and forth when we felt like it that occasionally two people would make different decisions about a character yeah so there's something kind of nice about that yeah. um although we did sort of talk between us about what sort of things we would we wanted the characters yeah. to do but it, it was nice to be like ultimately this is my character and mm. i make this choice yeah um yeah it was good it was good to do that it was it was good to also just be sitting next to each other and and just working through it like what are you making of the plot yeah (laughs) because the plot is interesting we're not going to talk about it no the the plot is interesting and it's nice to do that i looked in every corner i could find clicked on every shiny thing and unraveled a, a a I don't know how much of the story, but like, like it felt like we got a good chunk oh, of the we, story this time. I feel like we on on this playthrough we did together, which was my second full playthrough. Oh. I feel like we really got to the bottom of like what was happening, and we saw we, yeah. we 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 understood what had happened in some mysterious events. Yes, um, and it it does it really interestingly. Also, it was quite nice that like you had that sort of no stakes section at the beginning. Where it was like, just learn the mechanics. Yes. Learn how to do this. The game is going to ask you to do this thing, this thing, this thing. These are pretty much all of the things you need to know. Well, and don't worry about this. Yeah. One one thing I thought was interesting was Until Dawn had something like that, but it was much more long and drawn out. Like, mm. Until Dawn really reveled for a long time in its teens just hanging out on the mountain, walking around. Yeah. Like, I feel like this gets to its action at a much better pace. I feel like the Until Dawn, because it, it knew it was going to be taking more time, I think it did, like, tension building really interestingly. Yeah. Um, whereas this actually does feel like just sitting and watching, like, a, a horror movie. Yeah, like, it's a little longer than a horror film yeah. would be, but, like, it, it has much more... It's got some agency. It's got over. the pacing of a horror film as opposed to a horror TV series. Yes. And Until Dawn very much felt like like something to play in chapters. Yeah. Because this... I think we took, what, nearly a week to do that? Yeah, whereas this, like, we played it in two sittings just because I had to go to bed, like, yeah. early for a thing. But, like, 
we could totally have played this through in a yeah. on a Saturday, and I think like that's the best way to do it, honestly. I do quite like the idea of maybe like getting some friends around and doing like a full five player. Oh yeah, like like I movie I, night. I can version. think of some friends it would be really fun to invite round for yeah. this. Um, He's talking about the nerds. Yeah, Yay. yeah, <laughs> but like. I, I I think that by virtue of it being shorter as well, it definitely leans le- lends itself more to yeah I'll replay that because mm. I've yeah. I've not managed to get all of the people alive to the end yet, and I know what I have to do to do yeah, it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I could work out how to do that. Yeah, now. like one of them I know there's a specific thing. It's really easy. I just have to do a thing. Yep. Um, and two of them I'm like I just have to not do this thing that fucked up or do better at this quick time event. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's and sort of another thing that we, like, you talked about doing a genocide run for Until Dawn, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I quite like the idea that in this one, like, it feels more like you could do different versions of a horror movie. You could do, like, the lone survivor, like, and then they left the, the, the ship. Yeah, and survived, but they were, will be forever changed by the horrors they encountered. Yeah, and I know I already have a character in mind that it'd be really fun to do that with. I think. Yeah, I yeah, I was thinking. Ah, oh, okay. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I like that we both have different thoughts on that though. Oh. Um, but yeah, I really like that yeah. that game. I thought yeah. it was real fun. Yeah, and it, like, I'd definitely be up for playing more of it and just yeah. sort of. Seeing what do because I don't think we found all of the secrets. Oh God, no! Like there's there's but some there's like a huge sheet of like have you found yeah. the secrets? There's have some, you found them on this playthrough? There's some really cool uh, like documentaries and things you can unlock, but you like you have to find all the secrets, and I have not found all the secrets. No, and I want to watch these documentaries. Yeah, like I'd be interested to sort of go through and try and find more of that stuff and see how much you can explore and yeah. like seeing if you can get everyone to survive well, see how quickly you can get everyone I, killed I feel like there's things that like I definitely haven't tried that might help find more of those secrets like there's that one character who for us wasn't in the big the big ship for most of the game mm-hmm. who we could maybe have brought onto the big ship with us and that might have unlocked some things yeah there's a lot of this character could or could not be here at this time yeah that I would like to see how it pans out. Lots of people running around an old rusty ship with no shoes on. Yeah. It feels like a quick way to get tetanus. <laughs> it and the last thing I think is because it's shorter, I, I don't I've not played enough playthroughs of this to know for sure. It feels like this has more places it could branch. Theoretically, I, I suppose. I feel like that like there is more fanning out in in how this can play out a little bit. I, I would like to see the ending we didn't get. Yeah, um, because we talked about a thing we encountered that we could have pursued a little bit more and got more out of. Yes. Um, but I was afraid about what that might actually mean. Yeah, same. Um, I would be interested to see what that ending is. I I definitely have some things I want to explore, and I'm up yeah. for playing this with you more yeah. again, um, and I'm, I'm up for inviting a bunch of friends around and doing this as a group. <laughs> I think I think we need to do these we need, things. We need we need the nerds over. I I I think we need to get the nerds. Send over. in the nerds. Send in the nerds. <laughs> uh, uh, what else have you been playing? Well, um, oh, I played some of that Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh yeah, I've been playing more of that Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. How are you getting on with it so far? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm trying to get here. No, that's you don't have to be. There is zero problem if you don't like that game. I know, but you really love it. Yeah, but you, we don't have to love the same things. I still don't fucking get how the combat system in Magic: The Gathering is supposed to be it's fun. Because it doesn't work anything like the one in Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I know it's... it works quite the opposite. Yeah, and my brain gets very confused by that. I know. I've seen you play it. I, I I enjoy playing Magic with you. I still can't fucking understand how to combat. I prefer playing Yu-Gi-Oh with you. Yeah. Than against the computer, but I can see like the, the a lot of the value in it, like having a full set of cards. Um, yeah. having access to being able to like make all of the different decks yeah. without like a microtransaction economy in yeah. it. Um, like the value of uh, like the cutscenes. I guess I mean I don't. I didn't watch a lot of the series. I oh, watched some no. of GX. The- I don't know if people who went into the series would be like, "Hey, I remember that from the thing," and this is so, like a he- fun thing. Here's what I'll say: like going through that story mode for the original series of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of memorable moments and a lot of oh yeah, that was a cool thing. Uh, these these sort of um, static image vignettes do not do justice to like they strip a lot of these moments of the drama that made them interesting. Mm. Like it's it's bullet point retellings that's like you kind of skimmed over what made that that <laughs> interesting, but you've made me nostalgically remember a thing I really like. Yeah, by the time I got to like the seventh or eighth main yeah. on on Yu Gi Oh, was like I'm just gonna skip this. Yeah. I don't I, really care. Yeah. See, here's here's what I would say might be a value for you if, if, if before you put this game down totally. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not put it down totally. Yeah. I've still got a review to write. Yeah. Well, I would say go play the first story mission of each of the arcs. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've 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 gone through the missions that go. Yeah. Here's how these mechanics work. Yeah. And I've looked at them and gone, Oh Jesus! I know why she stopped playing. Ah. Yeah. See, I I've had the opposite. Situation. I feel like I understand those mechanics a lot better. Like, oh, I understood if... them. I just went. That's a lot to to like the X Y Z summons. Yes. Like that. I the tutorial for that was like, okay, put down this. All right, I'll put down this. Okay, now do this. Now you can now you can X Y Z summon these and use those as material. Uh huh. Now we're gonna throw those away and and this is gonna happen. But now you can get those back and do this and with this and that and that. So, and I'm like. Yeah. This tutorial is batshit. It is batshit. Here's what I would say. I was deep enough into Yu-Gi-Oh that I got on okay with those tutorials. Mm. What I might do is give you the friendly version of those <laughs> tutorials at some point. Like, if we've got a free morning at some point, maybe do some Yu-Gi-Oh again and go, let's try one more time and I will get some decks out and explain it in a less terrifying way than this game did. I think... It it wasn't so much that I didn't get the fact that like you lay the things and the things have value yeah. and you use them as a foundation for your X Y Z for someone. Yeah. It was when it started going, but you could be thinking seven moves ahead and yes. going, but you're going to get that back and you're going to do this and I... you're going to do that and then this and this and this is going to do that to yeah. that and then you're just going to just summon one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing. Yeah. So <laughs> it. It does try and throw you into high... Like, here's what the high-level applications of that are a little too early, I think. <laughs> but, like, I've been really enjoying the story mode mainly as a way to go, like, let's gently ramp up the complexity of how many moves ahead you need to think mm. on this mechanic. And as you go, you'll pick it up. Like, I I just reached... Like, I finished the, the, the first Yu-Gi-Oh! campaign in this, uh-huh. and it, I unlocked a bunch of, like challenge this character from the, the, the anime series, but with, like, a very strong deck that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's the first time I've gone through and tried to make a deck myself. And I've not done a lot with those new mechanics, but I have, like, the, the deck I've built has, like, one XYZ monster, it's got one Synchro monster, and it's got one Link monster, I think. Mm. And I've put, like, one of each in, so I'm like, I will just practice getting that one out, mm. and doing its thing, and getting myself comfortable with those mechanics. And I already feel a lot less daunted by them than I did mm. a month ago. How are you finding the auto-assist with, with deck building? Uh, uh, super useful. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, so the kind of deck I wanted to build is I, I kept getting a bunch of really cool support cards for the uh, Red Eyes Black Dragon. Mm -hmm. um, and I, kept, I noticed I kept getting a lot of cards that said Red Eyes in the name. So I was like, okay, let's find a Red Eyes in my card collection. Hit the button to see all the related cards. And it just pulled up every card that in some way interacts with that Red Eyes. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of like, this will bring any Red Eyes monster back from the graveyard as long as you've got a Red Eyes out already. Um, and this one will let you put Red Eyes from your deck into your graveyard so that that other one can bring them back. Um, this one, if it's, uh, this one gets powered up for every Red Eyes you have on the field and in your graveyard. It was a lot of things like, do you want to build a deck around this card? Mm. Here's all the cards that will do cool shit with it yeah. and will help it happen. And it, it really helped me to put together a deck that I feel is like pretty decent. I mean that when 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 we were talking about that option, I was like, that sounds like a really good idea and something yeah. like if I ever get that far, I would be really interested to experiment with. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of issues. Like, I wanted an option to just click on my deck and have a look through my deck and go, okay, what would I do with this as these cards come up? Yes. Um, like it feels like the only planning ahead you get to do is the fact that you can see your side bench and just go, okay, well, I guess I need to find that and that to summon yeah. that, that I, and that to summon that. I, I feel like part of the problem and maybe the disconnect we have on the on the story mode missions is I've seen a lot of these decks played out in the anime and I know like, okay, I remember what that deck's end goal was, yes. which it doesn't do a good job of teaching you that as someone who's not seen the anime. No. Like, Realistically, the, the, the best I knew was like when we were playing that first match, yeah. um, and I was like, "That's that's a leg. I reckon that's Exodia. I know, yeah. I know that thing about about yeah. the Yu-Gi-Oh." I this, <laughs> this is why, like, um, so I got given when I went to the Yu-Gi-Oh Championships a, a starter deck, a Blue Eyes Saga of Blue Eyes White. Yeah, Dragon. it's it's a Ooh. bunch of cards that work around Blue Eyes, and I had a look in there. It's got some paperwork that go here. Is it's what the Pokemon decks uh, starter decks do, where it goes. Here is, like, the main things that your deck does that you want to be trying to do. Yeah. And, like, that's what the game yeah. kind of needs for Ma you. Magic think. the Gathering, um, like, the, the pre-built decks do that as well. Like, yeah. here are the things. This is what you want to try and be setting up to do this. Yeah. This is what your deck is really good at. This I, is what, what you will be good at countering against. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... I would love a version of this game to exist for Magic the Gathering because I think, I think the thing that would get me over my my hump with um how the battle system works in Magic is to just play a bunch of games against a computer so I'm not feeling bad about the fact that I keep not understanding what I'm doing. Um, like something like this for Magic, I think would really help me. I mean, there are Magic the Gathering games like the um I've got got 
one or two on Steam, like the 2007 yeah. version. And they're not too microtransaction-y? Uh, I mean, I believe microtransactions exist, but you don't have to do them. Yeah. Like, it has a, a like a, a campaign mode. Mm. And and the computer doesn't play too badly, especially for, <laughs> you know, somebody who is, is new at the game. Um, problem. Another problem I had with, with the Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I don't know if it's just because... I was still quite early in the campaign. Yeah. But it felt like you could start a game and just like when we were playing those Yu-Gi-Oh! speed decks, it's like yeah. things have gone real bad real quick. Yeah. And then like you might just find that all it takes is just like, oh just I just had a really good draw at the beginning. I'm mm. wiping the floor with this person. They've got no comeback. Yeah. So here's I think part of this is over-reliance on trying to mimic the decks from the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was honestly, like, being critical of the show, there was a big problem with that anime when it started where... They just made they, shit out. Well, more so even than that, the decks... The decks that the characters on the show used were in no way... that There was no thought into making them balance decks that would work well in actual play. Yeah. Um, because of this magical thing called the heart of the cards, the mm-hmm. whole, you, if you believe hard enough, you'll draw the exact card you need. They really didn't focus on deck balance. Um, right. And a lot of those early series uh, decks were built around very specific um, things that you needed multiple steps to pull off, and that really didn't work nicely. So um, that it made a good tense anime, like, aha, I have done the thing that does the thing, haha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like, and this 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 problem even kind of persists uh, in a couple of the very late missions in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the very, very, uh, well, okay, the penultimate mission on the Yu-Gi-Oh! story is one where you're going up like a really, really big bad, and they want you to use a deck that's going to be like, ah, oh, you're going to get the equivalent of all three of the god cards out, and you're going to do this, that, and the other, and all your fancy shit. What that deck lacks is basic monsters that are four stars and have a decent number of attack or defense, so that you something have... Something to bolster you yeah. until you can Some... pull out yeah, the Yeah, something that's like, on my turn, I can put out something that will keep me alive for a turn. Yeah. Like, because you don't... You don't need a balanced deck when you always in the anime draw exactly the card you need to do your cool shit. Yeah. Um, because the anime didn't seem to really care about yeah. four star or yeah, which which is honestly why I've been enjoying more. Like now, I've gone in and built my own deck where I went, okay, I'm gonna pick a monster here, red eyes, uh-huh. find all the cards that work with it. Like my deck is mostly four star dragons that when they're destroyed will do something... Like, they will they have decent stats, so they probably won't die straight away. And if they do die, they do something to progress getting me towards my big monster. Yeah. So, like, some of them, if they're destroyed, will get me a magical trap from my uh, from my deck, which will let mm-hmm. me, like, look through and find something that will, yeah. you know, do that. Or some of them will let me uh, special summon a, a red-eyes monster from my graveyard, and, mm. you know, I've got some that send them to the graveyard so I can use that to get it back. Mm-hmm. Everything I have is working me towards something, yeah. as opposed to just, I have to luck out and get the right thing. It's yeah. No matter what I get, it will in some way move me toward my end goal. Yeah, and I think perhaps that is why I prefer playing in person with you. Yeah. Like, I'm not good at it, because, again, I don't really have the strategies for it. But, like, I I feel like most... Except with those speed decks. Yeah. Like, there is a chance for a bit of give-and-taking combat. As opposed to just going, Hmm, I drew badly. Like, I had a reasonable hand. 
to start with, but that didn't really take me anywhere, and then it just went to shit from there. Yeah. In about six moves. Yeah, I can super understand that. Like, this this blue-eyes deck that I've got here... Ooh, it's a pretty blue eyes. It's a very pretty blue it's eyes. It's, its main things are, you have the blue eyes, mm-hmm. which is your big attacker. Yep. You've got this maiden with the blue eyes that is mm-hmm. very easy to get out and... If someone tries to attack it, you can use it to get a blue eyes out. Oh, heck. You've got this dragon shrine that lets you send a dragon to the graveyard, which helps you to get it back. Um, some just very strong dragons that are four stars, so Ooh. you've got something to defend yourself with. So um, more things that help you get your blue eyes. It's it's a lot of stuff that all works towards that works to your blue eyes, that works towards your blue eyes. Yeah, and that gets your blue, blue eyes. eyes there? uh, there's, just the, there's just the one okay. uh, in this deck, but... As you see, it's a lot of cards that have blue eyes on them and go, this helps your blue eyes do something, this helps you get your blue eyes. Helps all blue eyes. This helps you get your blue eyes back out the grave uh. if it's killed. This powers up your dragons. It's it's all yeah. stuff that like works towards something. Yeah, the closest I found with that was playing one of the um, reverse games yeah. uh, in early Yu-Gi-Oh! The... Um... The bug deck? Yeah, Weevil. I really enjoyed Weevil's deck, actually. Weevil's deck, like, seems to, like, have good, like, synergy and his, stuff. Like, his is honestly, do these things work together? Yeah, and... his is honestly the first that really does that. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot of cards that go, help you get your, your bugs into your hand. And they're going to be better because of, yeah. like... A, a lands uh, what do you, a landscape or a, uh, your uh, field, field. Your field spell, yeah, uh, yeah, like you're having your field spell and then like having things that specifically target. Yeah, and like, he's got his really monsters. strong moth monster and like some really easy ways to get, get it out. To that, but just oh, like yeah. the the combination of other things worked really well together. Yeah, it bought you time, even if you didn't have his top end thing. Hmm. Like. Yeah, his is a really nice deck. I will agree with you on that. I had yeah. a lot of fun playing with Weevil's deck. I I'd be up for playing more Yu-Gi-Oh at some point. Yeah. It's it's I've got a lot out of this Yu-Gi-Oh game mainly because nostalgia and like it's it's given me the opportunity to play lots and lots of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, le- relearning how to get comfortable with those new rules in an environment where I'm not going to get shouted at by nerds that go, oh, why are you taking so long? Don't you know what you're doing? Yeah. Because yeah. the Yu-Gi-Oh um, community is not always the most uh, welcoming to people who need a second to go, uh, do you mind if I look at, at your card and explain to you what community. you're doing? Well, like, say the Pokemon card community is not so bad. The Yu-Gi-Oh... The Yu-Gi-Oh community is real bad. I feel like the Pokemon community is, um, at at both ends, it's like younger and sweeter, and then sort of like the softer side of of, of older people. Yeah, it's whereas I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh probably is Yu- a little bit edgier. Yu-Gi-Oh cards, the hair's pointy. Yu-Gi-Oh cards have infinitely more text on them, and people get really annoyed at you if you want to stop and read what a card does. You should know what this does. Oh, you know what's a really useful thing I worked out if, you, if you're if you going to keep playing it? Um, at any time, you can press X, and it'll stop and go, do you want to stop and read what a card just did? Yeah. And that's really useful for when a person does like a bunch of shit, and you're like, the fuck did you do? What just happened? As soon as like they do a thing and you don't understand what they did, press X, and it'll pause so you can read the card. I would have been quite handy the other day, actually, because there was one that they, they just opening Gambit seemed to involve, like, nine different cards. I was like, what yeah. the fuck no, just happened? I didn't discover it till really late in the game, and it really helped me to understand some of the more complicated things that were happening at the right. end. Um, so hopefully that'll help you. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. 
Yeah. Um, so what's that? Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist um, Link Evolution? There you go. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's it's alright. And I imagine if you are very into Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. You'll probably get a lot more out of it than it's, I did. <laughs> it's, it's reigniting my love of those mechanics. And Ooh. I've not felt afraid to mess around with the new mechanics enough Ooh. that... Those those several starter decks we have around the house, I could now probably get one of them out next time we want to play and go. Okay, I know this looks intimidating, but here's how here's how this deck works and how that summon works for this deck, mm-hmm. and make it something digestible. Oh. Uh, we need to play more Magic: The Gathering at some we, point. We though. really do, but you know, summer's yeah. over now. The party season is is coming to a close. Indeed, and so hopefully we'll get more time to sit around and go. Let's play card games and board games because yeah. we have a lot of board games coming. Oh like, God, we do! So many of my Kickstarters are coming in. I got a thing the other day about War of the Worlds. Oh yeah, I'm very excited for that. Like yeah. that is apparently like in shipping and will probably be here by like mid to late September. Heck, so um, I'm very excited to I, play that. I need to build my own magic deck at some point. That's a thing. <sighs> well, we... you, you, yeah. if you if you pick color or colors that you want. Um, like, I've never used any of the blue cards. I will have a look through the blue cards, maybe. You, I mean, it, uh, we, we can discuss what kind yeah. of, what, what colours work for you. And, Indeed. Uh, and go through them. Well, maybe have a look at some point. I I'll think that'd even be... let you pull apart some of my other decks. <gasps> oh no, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. No. Yeah, you can. I give permission. That, f- that feels, that feels like too intimate. No. We've done many, many intimate things, but that, too intimate. <laughs> You've had your fingers up me, but goodness, no, I'm not pulling your green deck apart. <laughs> so, yeah. This is not the black and white deck. Yeah, so no. This is not my baby. No, that's your baby. <laughs> that's my baby. That's your baby. Um, yeah, have you played anything else this uh, week? No, that is all the things what I have done a play of. Uh, I've played a couple of other things to rattle mm. through uh, quickly. Um I've started playing through the demo of uh, Dragon Quest XI, Ooh. Echoes of an Elusive Age S. This is the one that you get like 10 hours and it yeah. saves you. So saves. I, I'd heard quotes of 10 hours. I believe like I've heard other quotes that say on the low end six hours. And I think six hours is if you sort of power through the story. But okay. your save progresses through to the main game, which is <sighs> out in like a month. Okay. So I'm like, six hours feels like long enough for me to get a proper sense of Am I going to get into this RPG or not? I don't know, it's a Screenix RPG. Like, six hours in, you probably haven't even met the actual antagonist yet. <laughs> yeah, probably, but like, I feel like you've got enough room to go, what's the combat system, what's the, the yeah. narrative presentation like, what's the pacing like, mm-hmm. Um, what is the upgrade system like? Like, you can get a feel for a lot of things, yeah. I think, in six hours. And I, I do kind of crave, like, a Screenix RPG, yeah, really. I've, I've been really craving... With, with a nice active time battle. Yeah, so I've not put much time in at all yet, and I'll talk about it a lot more next week, but, like, yeah, this seems like a very complete demo. Like, this is just... I I felt like I was just jumping in at the start of the game. Um, I really like the fact that you can toggle between the 3D and the top-down 2D stuff uh, at will. Aww. That's really cute. You can toggle between the orchestrated music and the 8-bit music. Ooh. Um... It seems well acted and presented right now. Mm. It runs really nicely on the Switch. Nice. Um, I'm not far enough in to have real good opinions on like m- most of the things that make an RPG interesting, but mm. like that demo is selling me on the fact that this is a very high. This seems like a well made port at least. Mm. Um, so next week I'll probably come back with more on that. Hi, hi. Um, 
I played some of Life is Strange uh, Season 2, Episode 4. How would that Liffy Strange uh, I'm still working through it, but uh, it's real interesting. Um, so I think I've talked a little bit about Life is Strange 2 on this show before. Mm-hmm. Like, the basic premise, uh, for anyone who's unaware of it, is it's a choice-based adventure game in the vein of, like, your Telltale games. Um, about an older brother looking after his younger brother who turns out to have psychic powers. Um, basically, after a misunderstanding, a cop shoots your dad, and, oh shit, psychic brother kind of explodes and kills the kills the cop. Understandable. Um, and you and your little brother run off, because how the fuck are you going to explain that your little brother used psychic powers to accidentally kill a cop without getting your brother locked up and put in some, like, Area 51 forever? Experimented on terminal yeah. by the government. So, it's been this really nice um, series so far about the bonding between these two brothers. Um, it's really... It, I really enjoy it in the same way narratively that I enjoyed the modern, uh, the PS4 God of War remake, in that it was a really healthy and pleasant-to-experience male bonding experience. Um, I I very much enjoyed that a lot of the moral decisions are less about yourself and outcomes for you, but more about what kind of lessons are you teaching your little brother. Mm. Um, I the the most recent episode has been really interesting in that, without spoiling too much, it is the first episode that has focused a lot less on that. Um, that same dynamic of teach your brother how to not get into trouble. Yeah. Um, the character, the character acting has been really strong in this one so far. Um, I totally buy into the the motivations going on, and I I'm getting real invested in this story of these two brothers. It's yeah. real sweet. Also, the older brother you play as is totally a wolf furry, and it's adorable. Uh. Um, every time he, he has his little diary that he makes notes on the story, and he talks about, uh, his chronicling of, of the adventures they've been on is the, the story of the two wolf brothers, um, that, that go and do all these various things. It's he's, he's clearly a furry and it's adorable. Yay. Um, but yeah, that series has been... I, I wasn't sure I wanted more Life is Strange after the first one. I was like, I, I don't see how you... But they they've done enough to differentiate this and to make it a very different kind of story. Oh. And I'm, it's a story about people in extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, it's it it is a story about two people who who have done nothing wrong, just trying to just trying to get away and start a new life and be decent people, but also survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really lovely. Uh, and I think I've got one more to talk about. Uh, let me just double check. Do 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 do. do. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I played. Um, did you remember that game, Her Story? Yes. A few years ago. Uh, I own it. I've never got around to playing it. Okay. So Her Story was a game released, I think, in like 2015, um, by a indie developer called Sam Barlow. And the whole idea is you were on this police computer database, uh, searching for keywords, pulling up interrogation clips of this person accused of some pretty serious crimes and trying to unravel the mystery of what happened by picking out keywords that were said in videos and going, ooh, maybe I'll search for that. And new videos come up in which that thing is mentioned. And then the game ends basically when you decide you've unraveled it. Yeah, like, there is a certain point where, like, there are certain clips that when you have seen them, the game will go, 
we think you have enough that you can work out the ending, but it won't make the game end at that point. It's, do you feel like you know enough? When you're ready, you can end then. Um, and it doesn't tell you what the definitive answer is. Mm. It very much leaves you to piece together the narrative as best you can and interpret it how you want to and to leave when you have an answer you're happy with mm. and talk to other people about what what you thought. It's um, an interesting way to do that kind of... Uh, um, interactive fiction. Yeah, it... It was very much like there is nothing else quite like it. Mm. And um, I was very excited, but also a little tentative about the, the, the follow-up, Telling Lies, which um, it follows a very similar format. Once again, you are typing keywords into a computer to find uh, video clips to try and work out what happened in a, in a narrative. Mm -hmm. But it's a very different pace of narrative. Um, this time, rather than one person... And it being clips you're meant to see, like, you know, video, uh, police video clips. This is a laptop that has, um, video calls, like, basically Skype video, uh, recordings of four individuals. Um, and these were never, like, you can tell these are not things that these people ever meant to be seen. They're, you know, quite intimate moments in some places. Like, it might be, you know, someone Skyping long distance a goodbye to someone and uh, or goodnight to someone. Like, they're, they're very personal moments. Mm. Um, but what's really interesting about the framing of it is that um, you don't see both halves of the video conversation. You see the half that the, the person who is currently talking on camera. And you can find the other half of the conversation, but you'll need to work out what keywords to find the other half. So... Sometimes you will get, like, um, a good example of an interesting one is that there's a lot of trying to interpret things that aren't words and try and understand the context of what you're seeing sometimes, um, which is the thing I struggle with, but I found really interesting in this context because I could just watch clips over and over until I got it. Um, you might see someone who is sort of shrinking in a bit and looks like they're being shouted at and they're sort of very apologetic and, well, well no, I'm sorry. Um, and not know why they're being shouted at, for example, and there's a lot of... You might know half of a conversation, but be like, I have no idea what sparked this, and I want to follow that. Um, mm. It was it did interesting things for the way I moved through the narrative, because I was less... I was often less concerned about the next plot point for this story person, and more... I want to get more context on that conversation I just saw. Mm. Yeah, I want to I wanna get the other half so that I know better what happened there before I try and move on. Yeah. Uh, because it's more more plot threads, more characters, I found myself keeping physical notes more. Mm -hmm. um, took me about seven hours before I felt I was comfortable that I'd seen enough of the narrative that I felt I knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I think I was about three quarters of the way through finding the clip, so I think, like, probably ten hours to find everything. I probably could have stopped after about five hours, I think, but I kept going because I was like, I just want to wrap these things up. Mm. Um, so there's one... Uh, I have one little bit of a complaint about it, and it, it's not even a huge complaint, but it's something to be aware of. Um, there are certain games that occasionally make me feel a bit uneasy about playing them um, because they deal with... The game mechanics require you to engage in some... Boyerism? Uh, uh, invasion of privacy. Yes. Yeah, like uh, a normal lost phone was yes. kind of like that for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like you're digging through a lot of very private things that really are none of your fucking business. Because you are. Yeah, and like 
that is the, the the sort of conceit, and it it's not quite as bad as a normal lost phone in that regard. But like, there are some moments where I was watching clips and going, I feel like this was never meant for me, and I feel kind of, and I feel like this was deliberate. I sometimes felt a bit awkward and uncomfortable, and like, oh, probably probably shouldn't have looked at that one, <laughs> but like. I feel like that is an important part of what it's doing, mm. um, but you have to be okay with that going in. Like, if you're the kind of person where you're going to go, oh no, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, um, that might be a thing to bear in mind about this game. But okay. it it manages to capture a lot of what made her story great. It it doesn't feel too much like it's retreading old ground. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with it. Um my main worries about it feeling like, oh, this is just more her story, unfounded. It's it's it definitely feels like its own thing. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh. I think that's everything I've played. Heckins, well then, <gasps> time for this. This was a very interesting decision to go on holiday. Dear. Well, I I saw the name of the area. Yes, 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 and I thought, well, we do like sherry. Mm, yes, so. Very much so. Why not go to what I assumed would be the home of all sherry? Yes. The sherry region of Spain. Yes, I was expecting just a large vat, maybe a pool of sorts. I I was expecting, you know, one of those sort of natural geysers that would sort of just spray the sherry up from underground. Oh, that would have been beautiful. you know, sherry hot springs. Sherry hot springs, yes. A sherry mountain stream. I was expecting... Sherry hot tub. the, The sherry just flowing... From nature itself. Indeed, as as, as nature intended with the Indeed, sherry. Indeed, but for the home of sherry, all yes. I'm seeing is a lot of grapes. It is an awful lot of grapes, isn't and it? Like I, vineyards as far as the eye can I, see. And I've tried eating the grapes. They're not sherry-flavoured. No. They're not getting me where I need to be. No, they're, they're almost whiny, some would say. Indeed, and they keep... You know, chucking these sort of grapes in a big barrel, but it's just a big barrel of grapes. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Indeed, no, I'm not seeing... Well, well, essentially what I need. The jelly! And and, and I I thought about, you know, they've got some barrels that they've left the grapes around for a while, but, like, I don't want to open that up. That's just going to be old grapes. Oh, exactly. Nobody wants old grapes. No, I want sherry. I don't want want fine-aged sherry. Yes, I, I, I want something alcoholic and drinkable and is not a grape. Indeed. Oh, absolute waste of our time. Absolutely. Let's not even bother checking out the distillery. No, I Wait. mean, like, we, we, oh. had, we've moved all this way. The idea of standing still anywhere seems a bit irrelevant oh. now. Off oh, we go. Yes, okay. Oh, I see all of you down there. Enjoying your summer holidays in spite of my not being around. Oh, I hear what you say. I hear what you keep saying. Where's the sun? Why's this summer been so grey? Why's there been all this rain? Can't we have one sunny weekend in August? Just one. Oh, I hear you all down there scurrying around. I hear you. You know what? You want, you want, you want some sun? You want some sun? You can have all of the sun. All of the heat. All of the sun and heat. No clouds. Nothing. Just, just, you, you like sunshine, right? You like sunshine? You like warmth? You like sunshine? What if I just go hot and sunny and just nothing else forever? No? Oh, oh no, you're, you're sweating. You're, you're a little bit hot and bothered. You're having a bad time because there's no clouds and no rain and no wind and no shade. And you actually don't like it quite this hot. You just wanted it a little lukewarm. Well, tough luck. It's what you get for complaining for a little bit of rain in August. Sorry I can't be on positives all the time. Sorry. Sorry I gotta let the clowns have a turn. Thanks for letting us have a turn, by the way. Oh, it's 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 fine, it's fine, it's fine. They'll they'll want you back soon enough. So 
What have you put in your eyes? Ooh, let me uh, let me check what I've what, what I've watched this week. Um, so because I've been on a bit of a Yu-Gi-Oh kick, because you know, GX. I I did go to watch some Yu-Gi-Oh GX, and Netflix does not have it. Oh no! What they do have is Yu-Gi-Oh Arc Five or Arc V, um, which is. I think the Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, not the most recent series, it's the one where they introduced Pendulum Summons. Um, so, uh, as someone that really enjoyed the original series of Yu-Gi-Oh, as cheesy as it was, it always felt like it was aiming for sort of like a teen audience. And GX onwards, as the series have gone on, really seem to have each season more and more and more aimed towards younger and younger audiences and sort of toned down the peril. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a bit of a barrier to watching this one. Um, also, there are some weird retconning where it seems to... It seems to just sort of ignore that previous Yu-Gi-Oh! shows ever existed. Um, in that they will talk about very common summoning techniques from the original show as if they're brand new things that have only just been invented. Um, like, there's a whole point where like a character does a fusion summon, and someone's like, oh, Fusion summoning? That's a rare, powerful technique that is not taught, and that no one knows that technique. How did you fusion summon? It's really fucking weird. Is it... Where's it set t- chronologically? It is it seems... maybe set before that? No, because like there's a bunch of summoning types that are, don't exist yet in the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I feel like this has to exist in its own separate, disconnected universe, maybe? Mm. But it, it made for really weird watching in that... Maybe it's just because, here's the thing, maybe they've just done it this way so that you can jump into this, yeah. having never seen a different Yu-Gi-Oh series yeah. and have it explained, but like, it it was a real turn-off to me as an existing fan to go like, no, that's that's like the cornerstone, like, Kaiba's been using that since fucking episode one to try and get his fucking Blue Eyes Ultimate out, like, that's not a new thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed seeing anime interpretations of like, hey, this is how this mechanic works. It was a fun way to like continue wrapping my head around these new summoning types. Mm. I don't know that I'm going to stick with it long term or anything. No. But I've kind of enjoyed watching a few episodes, even if it feels like it's teaching me to suck eggs at some points. Mm. Uh, what have you watched? I watched that Static Cling that you watched last <gasps> oh, week. Oh, heck. How did you find it? It was really sweet. Um, Like, I, I liked... That it basically is a, about change. Yeah. It's in every way, it's about change and people of the past dealing with that change yeah. and how, um, how perhaps Gen X fits into like millennial culture. Yeah. And and how that how how that do. So as a reminder, this is the the Rockers Modern Life Netflix reboot. Yes. Yeah. Is it a reboot? Or, or, or is it just a one-off? A, a one-off special, that's what I mean. The, it's, a, the, it's a one-off, which is yeah. almost also what the show is about. Yeah, like, you it, see what... It's a commentary on itself. You see what I mean about, nostalgia. like... Yeah, it it does an interesting job of talking about its own existence as a show that people have clamoured for to come back, but want to be different, but also want to be exactly the same. Yes, and the fact that even when it happens, no one's really going to be happy with it. Yeah. Which isn't really true, because I really enjoyed I it. Think everyone, and I like the original show. I think everyone's been happy with it because it acknowledges that, like, hey, I know you want the old thing, but the times have changed, yeah. and, like... The sometimes... world has changed. Yeah. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It wouldn't be Rocco's modern life. Yeah. What What did you think of those couple of um not particularly inventive jokes about, like, 
there's a lot of Apple phones that come out. <laughs> oh, there's a Starbucks everywhere. I mean, it's... From the point of view of those characters, those are things that would be relevant to them. Yeah, it's... Like, th- this is them discovering the world. So, like, although it's... I suppose it's kind of a cliche... I'm I'm glad that it that they go move through it very quickly. Yeah, they they I think they had to comment on yeah. it, but they move through it quickly they, enough. They don't they don't dwell on that. They knock the cliches out in like under ninety seconds and go. There you go. Here's the cliches about the modern world. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the uh, the interesting story. Yeah, um, and the, the 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 idea that like a, a a miscalculation can destroy an entire company like. We do kind of live in that age yeah. where, although more digitally than as as analog as it is in the show, like that that could be yeah. pretty catastrophic for somebody. So yeah, like I I like the idea that they did all of those things. I like to see like old characters brought back in interesting ways. It was the stuff with Rachel was really nicely handled. Yeah, I I was so pleased with how well they handled that whole plot line. And even when they had to do things like, or, well, they didn't have to, but, like, the fact that Mr. Bighead is initially just like, no. Yeah, they... <laughs> I, I think that they, considering the time span that they had, and the fact they were also trying to tell a story about bringing back TV shows after long periods of time... Mm-hmm. I think that they did a really good job of telling a well-balanced and nuanced story hmm. as best they could. Like, I don't think they could have done a better job with the time they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they made a good use of it, and I hope maybe that they... Maybe they'll do some more of this. Yeah. Maybe that's it, enough. It It was nice to see... It was nice to see the main characters respond the way they did, and it was nice to see those characters, mm-hmm. like, brought into a modern setting... But still be kind of charming and sweet. Yeah. I'm glad that exists. Proving that you don't have to be an arsehole to be from the past. Yeah. It, Even if yes. it is a little bit overwhelming sometimes. I, yeah, I, I I still love the fact that the characters from the past are the ones who respond the best yeah. to the, the the thing. Yeah. Definitely. Indeed. What about you? Have you got any others? Uh, Well, there's a thing. I don't know if I've talked about it. Uh, I can't remember if I've talked about it yet, but I know you've watched as well this week. It's just the... Uh, Invader Zim. Inve- uh, yes, Enter the Florpus. Enter the Florpus. Mm. Uh, that was really enjoyable. It was really good. <laughs> it was another Nickelodeon rebooted, uh, like, one off show that, like, really landed the mark. And people have wanted more Zim for fucking years. Yeah, I didn't realise until looking back, like, for research, Invader Zim only got, like, 12 episodes. No. Let, let me Google the thing. I thought it was, like, 20 something episodes. I could, could be entirely wrong. Wow, really? I think it was only like 12, maybe... Uh, 19? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was under 20 episodes. Um, 2001, wow. Well, maybe it was 27. So there's 20 in season 1 and... So yeah, no, there yeah, was... 27. Yeah, 27. But that's still like... I didn't realise it was quite that low a number yeah. of episodes. Yeah. It, it didn't run for super long. No. Um... Like, it didn't help that Jonin Vasquez kept upsetting Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, no, like, he... He was like, I want to put this, but it's a kid's show. Yeah, but I want to put this in it. Well, his 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 background was making quite, like, graphic adult comics, and they were like, come make us a kid's show. What was your introduction to uh, to Jonin Vasquez? 
I'm, oh, I'm pretty sure it was Invader Zim. I don't think I knew any of his previous stuff before, but I'm aware of his uh, comic stuff before. What What was your introduction? Uh, mine was I, I, a friend of mine lent me a couple of volumes of Lenore, oh, and uh, which is by Roman Dirge. But like, they're I think they're like friends, or they just knew each other because yeah. you would get like a guest final bit. In yeah. some episodes of Lenore, like there would be just like, "Hey, here's a strip from Jonan. Yeah, enjoy." Um, and that was kind of fun, and so that sort of got me. I like, I had a friend who was like, "If you like Lenore, you have to read Johnny the Hon- Homicidal Maniac," and yeah. I've still never read it. It's there is some value in reading it. It it's still got some interesting stuff. Um, I've got, uh, I think both volumes of filler bunny i don't know yeah. if there's any more of that i i i was seriously into that as like an edgy 20 something yeah um but, but i i had this friend i had the friend who had the internet who downloaded everything and wasn't afraid of limewire who just turn up with cds and just go here's a cd of something yeah it's like okay i guess we'll watch that and he was the one that sort of was grabbing all the invader zim episodes as they were yeah. coming out like Sometimes three weeks to get an episode. Yeah, for anyone who's completely unaware of Invader Zim, it was typical sort of lol so random mid-2000s about an alien who came down to Earth and was trying to take over the world. But but he's really inept. He was really inept. (laughs) And, um, yeah, the the series cut off, like, really abruptly. So this, this basically acted as a big season finale to be like, hey, look, if there's never any more episodes, let's have something that feels like... Yeah, like nearly two decades later, yeah. let's wrap things it, up. It feels like a conclusion to something that has been waiting for a conclusion, whereas mm. Rocker's Modern Life felt like it was bringing something back to do something new. Yeah. Um, I thought that this was, like, really sweet. It had some really good comic pacing. Yeah. Um, its animation style is oh, beautiful God. as ever. Styles. Like, well, just, yes, just okay. Then the, the, there's the bit at the beginning with Dib's yes. monologue, and I was like, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. And then there's, like, obviously the, the, the fact that. I mean, I'm sure it probably isn't as pretty as it, it as it looks, but I didn't feel like any of it looked out of place to the original series. It, yeah. it felt very much in keeping with it, but now in widescreen. Yeah. And it, then there's, like, a, a bit later where they go through just, like, a whole different. Uh, like a whole bunch of different art styles, and I was like, that's really good. Yeah. You've it, done a really good job. Yeah, so like, the whole point of this was basically season finale territory. What if Alien, who was always bumbling and inept at trying to take over the world, what if they actually managed it once and you had to try and undo that? Okay. Which I, I don't think that's necessarily a... You know, that's, that's typical season finale formula. It's, yeah. what if finally the villain looks like they have actually won and you have to deal with end of the world scenario mm. and they did it with real there was some real heart to it yeah. it was really funny yeah. i really felt for zim in some moments in that yeah, it was nice to see uh gaz like getting yeah. a decent um, chunk of that yeah like and 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 being all gazzy about I, it i i really liked the uh the stuff that went on with um with the dad i thought yes. was like an interesting arc professor membrane's always been like an interesting like if slightly, like, almost nanny from the Muppets type character. Yeah. Basically just a larger-than-life character that doesn't really interact with the kids very much. Yeah. Um, I would maybe have liked to see more of the school stuff, but it wasn't relevant to the plot. Yeah. I just really yeah. like Miss Bitters. That's <laughs> totally fair. Um, Lacey children. Yeah. It, 
it it was a real fun watch, and like I think you could probably watch this without much context from the original show, and you could yeah. probably get on and have a fun time yeah. watching it because as the... long as you accept the fact that yeah. some of it didn't make any sense when it was on no. the first time, All... like like Minnie Moose is plays quite a. Uh, you know, is he, quite prominent in this. He didn't show up until like the last episode of season two. He's a MacGuffin. It's, I'm like, he's, the, yeah. The, when they introduce Mini Moose, is that I think he's floating around like all episode, and then all of a sudden someone goes, "What's with the moose?" And Zim just goes, "That's Mini Moose. He was here the whole time." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's what? As, as all you really need to know to jump into this and have a fun time watching a sort of zany end of the world space adventure is. There's a kid who was the only person who seemed to notice that this alien was here trying to take over the world, and he took stopping that alien very seriously, even if the alien was so inept that he was probably never going to manage it in the first place. And his dad, who is a mega scientist, who is uh, very just s- doesn't believe in aliens. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's a literal spaceship in my uh, back garden. That's oh, a nice fake spaceship. That's, you've that's got, a, nice son. Face, a nice fake spaceship, son. And like, that's all you really need to know. There's the sort of goth. Uh, Sibling who's like, oh, I'm, she's brilliant. I'm just Gash. fed up with all of your nonsense. Uh, oh, that was just really fun. It was really fun. It was it was really nice to get more Zim. Maybe we will see more. Like I realised the comic books are picking up recently. Like it, I think they're up to like volume six or seven this, now. This really does set up that you could do more Invader Zim. I think I think there is a call for it, and I think the fact that like cartoons are generally like accepting more mature audiences and and like Invader Zim isn't like super crude no one swears in it there isn't like a huge amount of just horrific stuff it suits like uh, mid-teen also uh, mid-teen audience just fine for for something like this that has a continuing through story Mm -hmm. stuff the world of on-demand video really helps for a thing like that to actually be followed. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that that was a, pro- a problem back in the early 2000s. Didn't have cable. Yeah. So, like, I couldn't support those things. Yeah. Just, like, that... And, and, and since then, I've, like, bought comic books. I've yeah. got, you know, stuff around it. But, like, that it was always very difficult to a commit to anything that was serialized on on a tv channel yeah. throughout the week but it might not even be broadcast in my part of the world yeah the fact that you can pretty much go eh, it was broadcast it's not being syndicated anywhere in your country but you know what if you want to watch it like yeah you can get it direct from whoever made it like yeah. the the fact that those options are available now is awesome yeah. and the fact that netflix was just like Hey Jane, you're gonna want to watch this. The second I turned it on, it was like, actually, yeah. I came here for exactly that. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I watched that. Yeah, it was same. a lot of fun. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, no, that is me done. I, I watched one other thing. Oh, watched... actually, I watched two other things. Oh, um, so I'll start with the the less important one. Uh, I I watched some Bob's, Bob's Burgers. How was that series uh, doing? I don't think I've watched it since season two. Neither have I. I jumped in and just watched some random episodes from season nine of the animated, you know, um, family type sitcom shows. You sort of Simpsons, Family Guy, whatnot. This is still the one that I think is the most um, enjoyable and palatable. Um, it ha- it seems to have the least like gross out or uh punch down humor mm. um it's 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 good and funny and it's got a nice pace to it and like no no d- disadvantaged groups are the butt of jokes mm. which like 
I've I've watched like half a season and gone. That's pretty good, actually. I remember really enjoying that and not sticking with it and coming back to it. I find it quite fun. Like, I, I like some of the individual characters. I just didn't find the show particularly gripping. Like, no, I, I like I liked things about it. I thought it was quite sweet. Like, the, the yeah. family dynamic was, yeah. was good, but... Like, here's the thing. It's not the kind of show where it's like, ooh, I'm desperate for another episode. Oh. It doesn't... It doesn't have any of those like big emotional moments or through through stories that something like a um, one day at a time has, mm. but it's the kind of show that you can tune into literally any episode mm. and go, "This is twenty minutes of harmless comedy cartoon fun." Yeah, and like sometimes that's just what you want. You want to sit down over lunch and go, "I just want to watch something silly and cartoonish and funny for twenty minutes." And also, like uh, when you're trying to do the right thing. A decent amount of the time, it can be nice to just sort of go. I'm going to put Bob's Burgers on because I know it's not going to be personally attacking well, that's, me. That's the thing is for anyone I care it's, about. It's silly and <laughs> doesn't require like context, and it's nice. And yeah. not hurtful. Yeah, I mean, maybe there is stuff like there's lots I've not seen. Oh yeah, but and there like... could be anything between seasons like three and eight that I have not come across. But yeah. like every bit of it I've watched, I've gone, that's just harmless good fun. Uh, people are nice generally. Yeah, it's it it's been nice to just have something like that to watch. Um, and the last thing <laughs> I watched Toy Story four. Oh, how that? Uh, so you know how like at the end of. Toy Story 3, it's like, ah, oh, you don't need any more of this story, like, you know. No, no. I don't think I've seen 3. Uh, 3 is three is very sweet, and it definitely seems like, okay, this is a, you know, this is an end point. No, I actually really fucking like Toy Story 4, it's really sweet. Um, The basic premise, like, for anyone who's not seen Toy Story 3, Andy, who was the kid from to- the first Toy Story who owned all the toys, bas- have kids. Uh, he, he, he moves off to college, I don't think he's got kids, but Long story short, some kid gets very attached to uh, Woody, and he's like, no, that's my toy, and then he eventually goes, like, no, it's okay, like, this kid's gonna get a lot more enjoyment out of them than I am. So he basically gives away all his toys to some kid, and it's, like, a really sweet moment. Yeah. Um, And then you follow this this new little kid, and it's not retreading the same kind of ground. The basic narrative is... She's very nervous on her first day of school, and she ends up making making a toy out of a spork and some pipe cleaners. And Forky does not understand the concept of being a toy, because suddenly he's sentient, and all he wants to do is be in the trash, because he is trash. And <laughs> that's a mood. Yeah, it's, you know, big big mood. I just Millennial want to go relax in some trash, <laughs> yeah. um, where no one will bother me. Right. Um, and, like, you've got this other B story happening at the same time that's about Woody basically, like... He is not this... Like, he was Andy's favourite toy. He is not this new kid's favourite toy. Mm. And, like, trying to work out what his purpose is now that... He's not the favourite. He's not the favourite toy. And there's some really interesting narratives about what it means to be... uh, To be wanted versus needed. Mm. um, And about finding your place in the world. Mm. And the desperation that can come from real sort of loneliness. And Mm. just... That that very human need to just be loved. Mm. Um and I did not expect myself to cry at a Toy Story film, like the last like fifteen minutes of that film, I was just fucking Oh, I was fucking bawling. It was sweet as hell. It was like it 
how do I put this? Um, I really like that the primary antagonist of this movie, like I that I that I felt for them enough to cry for them by the end, and I like the the answers Woody finds about what his role is now. Um, and it was just a real sweet, touching, fun movie. Yay. Um, again, another one that's just nice and harmless and very relatable. Um, it definitely feels like it has a lot of content in there that is designed for. Are you an adult that's watching this children's film? Like, we gon' we gon' make you feel some feelings. Like, kids, they can laugh at the silly stuff. You're gonna feel <laughs> shit. You're gonna have a bad time. No, you're gonna have a good time, but like a bad time, but a good time. You, you're you're gonna feel a lot of feelings right now. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a lot of feelings that you, only you understand because you're an adult that's fucking lived some life. Yep. Um. So, Toy Story Four, fucking fucking recommend that. Is mm. it's. it's I I very much fucking enjoyed it. Heck. Uh, I think that's everything we have watched. I think you are correct. Well so then. then. <gasps> Time for this. For this. For this. we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is Unnatural Box. What's, what's a natural box? Have you heard of those, like, snack selection boxes where you do an order and they'll send you, like, a bunch of snacks oh, and yeah, they're, yeah. like... Healthy and good yeah. for you. You can and... sort of tell them what sort of things you like. Yeah, like nuts and seeds and maybe like, a bit dry of flapjack, maybe, but like a healthy flapjack. Yeah, jack. like you'll... the 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 kind of things where they'll put like some carob on top. Yeah, when you yeah. might want chocolate. Yeah. How about something that isn't that? How about unnatural box? Do you want something that's basically just sugars and chemicals in various combinations? Bright colours, deliciousness. The kind of thing that will keep you up all night if you have one too late in the day. Oh, yeah. Just, like, give me all of the sugar. Yeah, like purple fizzy thing. Uh, stuff with that food colouring that was banned because it makes you hyperactive. Absolutely. Like, you know, um, st- stuff that change can potentially change your skin colour. Ooh. Like, you might end up being dyed permanently green. Stuff where, like, the serving size is, like, half a mouthful and they don't really advertise that fact. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is okay if you have, like... A dab of it. Yeah, you know, if you're dabbing it like it's some kind of narcotic, you know, <laughs> um, you, you take the thing, you dab it on your tongue, it, it's so sour, it burns through your tongue. <laughs> it's, it's the unnatural box. Do you want a thing that's like a little chewy jawbreakery thing, but literally the second that you crack it open, the liquid centre just burns through your teeth? But it's colourful. But it's colourful. Yeah, it'll just like give off like a nice pink mist. Mm. It's the most unnatural thing you can think. That is Unnatural Box. Heck. So, head on over to unnaturalbox.lol.net and you can get your first box of snack packs, uh, uh, you know, just uh, absolutely free. They'll send you a trial one. You will have to sign up for a, a six months like subscription, yeah. but you'll get your, your, your first, first one, like, sample version free, and then you'll just pay extortionate amounts for the rest of them. But... <laughs> You know, you've got the opportunity for having wacky, zany tooth rippers. Yeah. And heart exploder sugar drops. And, like, it's the stuff that's like popcorn, but it's, it's, you know how they do popcorn chicken? Yeah. And it's just, like, small bits of chicken. Yeah. They do popcorn sugar. Ooh. It's deep fried sugar in a sugar batter. Hey, 
And you know the best part? Yeah? If you happen to accidentally pass away from having too much unnatural box, your subscription doesn't cancel. Absolutely. So your relatives will have something to eat at the wake. Exactly. They'll feel much better after copious amounts of sugar. That's unnatural box. Try it today. I know I will. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying it right now. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 How's uh, how's your day of meetings been? Well, you know, I have drunk a lot of coffee. I flogged some interns. I sacked a bunch of people. That was good. I made an awful lot of money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been generally positive. I could have done with more cake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've I've been working on a new idea. Yeah. yeah. Are you uh, are you ready to hear what I've been always? On? You know how we do DLC. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing we do. You know, you we sell love the game that and DLC. we you know we make more things to sell more things as we much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So season passes are a thing. Yeah, you know yeah, we yeah, we yeah, up front yeah. say hey buy all of our DLC. Hey, we might for... finish making this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Yeah. We announced that we're doing a season pass. You know, like yeah. up front, we say this game's gonna have a season pass. After launch, we will release additional content. You should you should you should buy it with the game, like at the same time as you buy the game. Cause you get like a you know thirty pence off or something. You get some very tiny discount. Yeah, for yeah. I mean, we're not main. I mean, we are made of money, but no. we're not letting them have any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we encourage them with a you know tiny discount up front to get yeah. the season pass before it's out but like yeah. we don't announce up front what's going to be in the season pass. i mean why would we right you know you, we, we follow the the uh the model of that uh that fighting game season pass where like you know we say there'll be five bits of dlc but it's a surprise it's you know so that we we pitch it like it's so that you can get surprised when we reveal the dlc later after launch after you've bought it yeah you know it's a nice treat for them it's a surprise mechanic if you will yeah 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 so here's what i'm thinking yeah by doing that we right. build up hype we yeah. build up hype what on earth could be in the dlc yeah. and then we make it stuff that would never be worth buying the dlc for low effort stuff stuff that's really cheap for us to produce yeah like you know, that skins point, yeah, yeah, you know. Like, uh, cosmetic items. Different colors of, you know, we painted this green. Ooh, a nice palette swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, like, those are cheap. here's the kicker. Yeah. Because we sold them the season pass, you know, when the game came out. We leave it like yeah. a month or two before we announce what's in it. Yeah. At that point, their console's two-week uh, refund period, that's expired. We leave it just long enough to tell them what's in the season pass that they can't refund the season pass. How about this? We drip out slowly over a period of months what's going to be in the season pass. So, like, we'll say there's going to be, like, big thing. People want the big thing, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But, like, that's to come. Uh, but, you know, first of all, here's... A palette swap for one character. Uh, yeah, here's yeah. Uh, a, a piece of armor that's not even that good if you're past the first like thirty minutes of the game. Here's just something and uh, keep people hooked, keep people coming to the game. They'll be like, "Hey, that big thing is coming," and then you know maybe we just drop support for it. You are fucking genius. I know. So, um, what oh, slid into your ears? My ears. Your ears. Uh, not a lot this week. No. Um, I've been listening to a uh, a really nice sort of background mix. Uh, Nintendo and Lo-Fi Ooh. by the uh, YouTube channel Nintendo and Chill. Oh, uh, this is with the sleepy Togepi and the sleepy Pikachu. Yeah, it's it's basically. Do you like those um like the the videos with the girl studying with the headphones on? Mm-hmm. Uh, that those good relaxing background beats. That 
but little bits of Pokemon and Nintendo melodies that sort of pop up in it. Nice. If you want a little bit of just casual, not too intrusive, Nintendo-y inspired stuff in the background while you work, that's a real nice little mix. I listened to the um, Zelda and Lo-Fi. Oh, recently. that Zelda and Lo-Fi one is good, it's isn't it? Nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. It, it was good for while I was sitting there doing a, doing a program on Saturday. It, it was good while I was sat doing my review of Telling Lies. Um, what about you? What have you listened to? I listened to some more. Uh, I listened to some more Transglobal Underground. Oh, that band, what we saw. That band, what we saw. Pretty recently. Pretty recently. Um, yeah. because I really only know one of their tracks, which is Templehead. Yes. Um, the one that you heard from like... across the field, and we're like, oh shit, we, we have to go. go. We have we to go, go, now. We go, go. The one that makes our friend do the wildest of stomps. Oh. God, that is the most pure and beautiful thing. I've never seen someone do such a beautiful dance as uh, our friend hearing Templehead. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, do you remember straight after that they played another track that sounded very, sort of like, London Cockney Knees Up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the track I'd been trying to find. It's on the album The Stone Turntable. Okay. And it's called We're Gonna Tear Your Walls Down. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good title. And, like, it's a different version to the version we heard live, but, yeah. like, I really love the energy of it. Okay, I might need to, like, open a tab now to listen to that later. We're gonna tear your walls down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, I do like the energy of, of that. And um, and I think the thing they said at, at the gig was... Um, from Templehead, one of their very first songs, to one of their very most recent songs, we come to tear you all down. Yeah, so yeah, um, I enjoyed that. I like the energy of that. It's um, I very much remember enjoying it when it was happening live. Yeah, and uh, and, and and the crowd went wild. Indeed, I'm very curious to hear it in proper headphones in the sober light of day and with a different singer indeed yeah because it's it's not the singer that we heard ah ah different vocalist is very good but yeah yeah what about you you listen uh, so much else i've mainly been like i've not got much to add on it i've mainly been listening to the bands that we're going to well we will have seen live by the time that this episode goes up but i have not yet so i went back and listened to some more uh, laura jane grace and the devouring mothers i've not listened to any of their stuff ah uh, I've been very much enjoying um, their 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 album that they recently did. Uh, mm-hmm. I what is the name of it? I've got it right here. Uh, Bought to rot. Um, it's just got like real like good fun femme vocal punk energy. Like mm-hmm. it's. Do you just want some good like you can have a proper like stomp down the street feeling very powerful kind of like melodic nice, nice, nice. melodic punk yeah. um so i've been really enjoying that and it's been really getting me in the mood for thursday i'm mm-hmm. ready to have a good like i'm ready to have a good mosh okay. um and what about you have you listened to anything else um not really i've mostly been listening to podcasts i've started listening to adventure zone balance again yeah like all the way from the start i'm about i've just started crystal kingdom tonight. Oh, The Crystal Kingdom, yeah. Which is my least favourite. It's, it's my least favourite, but it's the one just before my favourite, which is uh, The Suffering Game. Oh god, that's so gruelling. It is, but like, I fucking love The Suffering Game. I love game. these characters, and they're going through so much horrible I stuff. I know, but they go through so much growth. It's true. Um, and, but also, like, I wasn't a huge fan of pedal, uh, Petals to the Metal. Yeah, there's. I I, I like, felt like that one goes on a bit. Like, I, like, I love the yeah. like some of the stuff about the race, like the idea yeah. of like coming up with all the different designs for the vehicles. Yeah. But 
I I love the general concept of that season, but I, uh, I of that arc. But I think that there was some, there were definitely some some story beats that could have been cut yeah. and that nothing would have been lost. Yeah, but like you do meet some interesting characters there, and um, I think that's about the time Griffin's really really getting into his swing as DM. It's it's also when he's really getting into the idea of what his overarching what game plot is, is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there was that, and then I caught this week's Adventure Zone Amnesty. Oh shit, yeah. Hmm, we're getting to the end of that, aren't we? Oh fuck, yeah. I am very ready to take the time out and listen all the way through Amnesty from start to finish. Yeah. Because I feel like I got more out of Adventure Zone mm. Balance because I came to it like when it was already yeah. like 50, 40 or 50 something episodes in. I. I honestly feel this about every D and D podcast, even the one, the one I am like the ones I've I've been on. Yeah, I get a lot more by listening in, like the whole thing in a big batch. Yeah, and Actually, getting really immersed yeah. in. Like when we had that sort of period off of doing badly designated heroes. Hmm. Like I, I was like, my memory's shit. My notes are unclear like that they made sense at the time i wrote them like trying to carefully scramble down things but like didn't make a huge amount of 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 sense to me when i came back to them like a month or so later so i listened all the way through badly designated it was like oh okay that's um yeah actually this show goes some places yeah better than i thought it did at the time I'm I'm really excited to have that re-listen with Amnesty. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, cause I also like I spot the the overarching things a bit better. Oh, God, right? yeah. I, I can put pieces together so much better if I'm not waiting two weeks between yeah. episodes. One, also, like once you know the end game, you can go like, oh shit, that for fucking foreshadowing. Well, I remember you talking <coughs> about that when I was going through balance uh, balance the first time, yeah. and you were like, "Oh yeah, I've just started it again," and oh my god, these things right at the beginning, like, and you're obviously talking about like finding the Umbra Staff in the cave right yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> well, there's there's stuff like um, there are some very direct questions that the the the, the Taz group ask about the red robes. Yes. Um, there's there's some very interesting comments like Griffin's uh, description of the sort of Sort of a uh, surprise and slight disappointment, or mm. like slight sadness when the the Taz boys first walk in, where mm. it's like, oh shit, it she didn't expect to see them them back. Oh no, <laughs> it them. Indeed. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like really interesting on a re-listen. Mm. Really sad sometimes. Yeah, there is that because you're like, oh, oh my no. god, all of the Davenport shit where all he says is Davenport is. You could you could tell that that wasn't like an immediate from the oh, beginning decision. No, the first time Davenport shows up, he talks in sentences. He's, fa- he's fairly chatty. Yeah, and then like once Griffin sort of settled into it a bit, he does basically turn into a Pokemon. <laughs> he basically turns into a Pokemon, and it's like, haha, that's f- oh god, fuck. Yeah, because then obviously I, the the yeah. conclusion of that comes, and you're like, <laughs> oh Davenport. Oh my god, that that whole. Bit where everyone is forgetting. Yes. Fucking breaks my heart. <laughs> oh. It's, um, yeah. Um, that There is that beautiful animatic of, of that. Yeah. Who was it? Was it somebody got you into the series or you got somebody else into the series because uh, I believe of that it was, animatic? I believe it was Becky and Makeda got me into it based on that animatic. Mm-hmm. Where they showed me this uh, very sad thing of people forgetting things all sort of animated. And I was like, oh... Oh fuck! I need to watch whatever the fuck this is. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I I do find that whole section like quite uncomfortable because like there's dementia in my family. Uh, yeah, so there is. There is um, people do like going yeah. through that moment, just like uh, there uh, is dementia from brain tumors in my family. Like, five, woo, five. hey, I've had many a worry about my own memory, but uh, same. I I don't think it diminishes how like beautiful oh, absolutely. and sad that whole scene. But is. I think that adds like the the the, the proximity of it can yeah. add a certain like. Extra pull. Yeah, there's a. If you've had any, if you've experienced uh, relatives losing their memory of where they are, who they are, it can like that kind of thing. Who you are like, yeah, who you are. Like, I've I've had relatives who can't remember who I am, and that's quite a fucking thing. And then yeah. my nan, who basically yeah. raised me, was constantly calling me either my my dad or my aunt's name. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of that with my gran. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a thing. It's a lot. Yeah, and I I think that it ca- this captures the sadness of that real yeah, well. Definitely. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Um, no, I think that's basically it. Just ready to listen to the whole thing through. Start. I'm ready finish. for those last two episodes because this mm. episode ended on a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, other... at this rate, like I'll be able to get all the way through balance and then immediately start go straight into amnesty. And then maybe be ready just by the end. It's like, yeah. oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, the other thing I've listened to is, again, in preparation for the gig we're going to this week, I listened to some Frank Iero, who oh. was that guy who was in My Comical Romance and now does his own solo things. How uh, like, good, good guitar yeah. boy. I've been, once again, really enjoying his, like, definitely a bit angrier. Um, a, li- a little bit angrier and a little bit more... Um, punchy rock than, say, Laura Jane Grace's stuff, mm-hmm. but um, a couple of tracks I've been really enjoying again. Um, she's the prettiest girl at the party, and she can prove it with a solid right hook. Uh, it, it's a ve- it feels a lot like a fucking um, <laughs> Panic at the Disco song title, that one, with its <laughs> length. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Stitches, Joyriding, uh, Stage 4, Fear of Trying is a really nice track. Um, those those are the ones I've been I've been listening to mainly, but I've basically just been going back through his album Stomach Aches and getting ready for some sort of buh, 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 uh, punk. Okay, you might have to send me a, a sample list to... I'll, I'll send you a couple of tracks primer. to... I'll, I'll give a you Frank a primer. primer. It's, it's, it's not as, as scary as I'm making it sound, but I'll, I'll send you a couple of tracks to go like, here's the sort of thing to expect. I know at some point during that gig there's just going to be a moment when everyone fucking erupts because it's the anthemic track that everyone knows yeah. and I'm just going to be like... I, I will send this you. Is a good tune. I will not... send you like two, maybe three tracks uh, tonight, and go like these are maybe the the two or three tracks to go. Have a listen to these ones. Yes. Look um, at the rhythm structure of these. Yeah, get get the sort of uh, the the pacing of these sorted. Um, yeah, is that everything you've listened to? That is everything I have listened to. Well then, <gasps> time for this. So, did you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, MDF. What, that wood, what's made up of other wood glued together? Yeah. Like cheap the, stuff. Yeah, like the, 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 the like, not chipboard, no, but like no, no. MDF. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Is a government spying device, you know, designed to monitor the poor. 
Oh yeah, yeah, because like you know, it's 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 poor people wood. It's it's affordable wood. It's exactly it's affordable wood. Anyone can get it. Yeah, and yeah. that's why there's always a sale on it at DFS. Oh yeah, they're trying to try and encourage everyone getting their, their, their MDF. Yeah, get your MDF furniture. Yeah, all the furniture's in the house. And then it's all spying on you, right? Yeah. Feeding back all your information, like what you've been up to, where you've been going, what the cat did. But like, a lot more boys is MDF. Well, you might want to think about getting like some kind of thr- throw for that, yeah? What, you just put a blanket over it? I yeah. don't need to get like mahogany or something. No, I mean, like, Mulgany's really expensive. Oh, and, that's um, that's what I was worried about. I can't yeah. afford to not be spied on. You can't afford not to be spied on. But I can't afford to be spied on. Well, I mean, we're all getting spied on. Like, Well, yeah, but like, not by my wood, though. Well, you know, is, there, is it even wood? Is it not, you know, just a government, uh, like, super agent... That they've just managed to, to press into a wood-like substance and just just as a means of spying on us, you know, just yeah. just do the, the the furniture observation of us, you know, measuring your butt when you sit down. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Like someone, someone up in Whitehall or something. Yeah, they're mm. judging you every time you put your feet on the sofa. Oh no! Don't every single time. Oh, I don't want that. Well, well, you. That's wouldn't. that's my judgment free time. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing. Someone's always judging you. Yeah. If you, you know, you you let out a bit of a fart. Oh no! Do they know? They they know. Well, that. even that quiet one. What what what? No one noticed. There's vibration sensors in the MDF. That's how they keep an eye on you. What if I just keep farting on the MDF until they stop listening? I mean, it's the government. They're probably into that. Uh, yeah, fair. Hello, and welcome to another public information film. Today's subject, the dangers of rolling over when there are multiple people in the bed. Indeed, there's a tale. We were once told about ten people sharing one sleeping arrangement. Imagine it. Perhaps they had come together for warmth or camaraderie. However, one of these ten required to roll over, and the results were quite catastrophic. Indeed. It is believed that it was the smallest of their number who had stated that perhaps they should all attempt to roll over. Roll over. So they all rolled over. One fell out! And bumped the head. See, now the danger of rolling over when there are so many sharing a bed. Indeed. Make sure you take precautions. Movements for one are movements for all. Indeed. Consider wearing a hard hat. Perhaps some knee pads. Or an elbow pad. Or, if you happen to want to keep many people in one room sleeping together, perhaps invest in multiple beds connected together, or a floor made of mattresses. Indeed, there is nothing wrong with pushing several mattresses together when you have all of your cuties coming around for a snuggle. Indeed, make the ultimate bed, or 
make the ultimate sacrifice. Question time, stuff questions. What's the question? Uh, Tricky would like to know, are there any bits of poetry either of you quite like? Oh, poetry is a thing that I really, like, I don't remember a lot of poems. And I've enjoyed poetry as an art, mm. but just, like, I don't remember a lot of poems. Uh, have you got any poems you really like? Um, I can tell you, like, a poet I quite like. Um, yeah. Aiden with two A's on Facebook has a Facebook group, writes lots of, sort of, uh, angry and queer poetry. Oh, uh, Simply Everyone's Taking Cocaine um, by uh, oh. Murray Lachlan Young. Oh, yes, yes. I, he's I'm... got a, an amazing voice and he reads it so well. Yes, okay, I'm aware occasionally of, chuckling, chuckling. I'm aware of this particular uh, spoken word poem. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't approve of cocaine at all. No, uh, as far but... as drugs go. Um, it, it's one of the most harmful ones. Yeah, in, in many senses. Environmentally, as yeah. well as, like... Will will do you a bad. Yeah, but the poem itself is hilarious. It's rather hilarious. <laughs> yes, I um, I love the slightly doing lines up straight up the butt. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's it's a very good poem, even if we don't endorse uh, following its content. Yes, it's 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 entertaining. Yes. Um, have you got any others? No, I really don't have much to add in the way of poetry, and I feel um, kind of sad about that. I feel like I need to 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 to, to go do a poetry corner and come back later. Uh, the classics. Uh, I got really into Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner for a while. Oh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is pretty great. Um, I think because I was really into Iron Maiden as a kid, and they do like a thirteen-minute track of, yeah. of the Ancient Mariner, which is nicely narrated and and for Maiden, like surprisingly melodic. Yeah. Um, like and and slow in a in a slow way. Um, the Raven. Oh yeah, the Raven. I think ever since I saw the Simpsons version of the Raven. Read by uh, James L. Jones, like beautiful voice, bizarre poem. Like, um, but one of my favourite poems is um, by Joel Matheson. Yeah, uh, it's called "We've Come to Be Danced." Okay, Do you know this one? No, uh, we've come to be danced, not the pretty dance, not the pretty, pretty pick me, pick me dance, but the claw our way back into the belly of the sacred, sensual animal dance, the unhinged, unplugged cat out of its box dance, the holding the precious moment in the palms of our hand and feet dance. We've come to be danced. Not the jiffy booby shake your booty for him dance, but the ring the sagness from our skin dance, the blow the chip off our shoulder dance, the slap the apology from our posture dance. We have come to be danced. Not the monkey see, monkey do dance. One, two, dance like you dance. One, two, three, dance like me dance. But the grave robber, tomb stalker, tearing scabs and scars open dance. The rub the rhythm roar against our soul dance. We have come to be danced. Not the invisible dance, self-conscious shuffle, the matted hair flying voodoo mama, shaman shaking ancient bones dance, the strippers from our casings return our wings, sharpen our claws and tongues dance, the shed the dead cells and slip into luminous skin of love dance, we have come to be danced. Not the hold our breath and wallow in the shallow end of the floor dance, but the meeting of the trinity, the body, breath and beat dance, the shout hallelujah from the top of our thighs dance, the mother may I, yes you may, take ten giant leaps dance, the Oli Oli oxen free 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 dance, the everyone can come to our heaven dance, we have come to be danced, where the kingdoms collide, in the cathedral of flesh, to burn back into the light, to unravel, to play, to fly, to pray, to root in skin sanctuary, we have come to be danced. That's really fucking beautiful. Yes. Heck, uh... thank you for, for, for having good poems to suggest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had nothing to contribute to this. Hey, well, yeah. I mean... 
there's there's a poem by you that I have saved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna read that on the thing. No, I'm a big fan of that. Hell, hey, <laughs> I, I saved it. I read it sometimes. Yeah, I'm a fan. I've tried to write poetry here and there. Yeah. Um, um, I quite like some of my poetry. Like some of the um, I do. Um, stream of consciousness poems. Yeah, like I think the ones I've tried to do have been that sort of thing as well. I think like things that like you'll get halfway through what sounds like a sentence, and then it will yeah. just change completely, and then it will just do word association stuff, and then it'll be something yeah. else completely. But ultimately, it still ends up with this real visceral I, sense of uh, yeah. Something. I I like the idea in poetry of deliberately changing sentence length in order to uh, associate an energy with it. Like mm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you've got more complete thoughts, but as things get more frantic, they get to shorter like beat like, poetry. Yeah. yeah they can become shorter single words sometimes mm, mm. um and like that sort of portrays the coherence of the thought or the energy of the thought sometimes mm. i like that in poetry yeah, yeah I, I also like sort of like interesting uses of repetition mm. can be interesting sometimes yes sort of driving and and sometimes like having just a line that repeats and but like the meaning changes because yeah. of the context around it I also like those, not palindromic, but the ones you can read backwards and forwards. Yes. Like, where it's like three or four words per line, but when you read it one way, it's got one context, and then you read it the other way, it's yeah. got something completely Indeed. different. I like poetry as an art form. I need to engage with it more often. Maybe one of these weeks I will put some if poetry in my eyes. we more free time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Athena Paradigm would like to know, why does Wario have no chest hair in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games 2020? Uh, because... The same, uh, one of the sports he does in that game is swimming, and swimmers uh, shave off their chest hair because it makes them more aerodynamic Ah, in the water. so he's worried about drag. Yeah, like, you will notice, like, Olympic swimmers never have chest hair. Some of them didn't even have any facial hair. Well, exactly. Or like, or head hair, rather. Yeah, they, uh, they, they... Duncan Goodhue was... Yeah. yeah, I believe so. Known for being a bald swimmer. A lot of them will remove any hair possible, and I think that's what Mario's done. Wario. A Wario. Yeah. All of them. No, I, I think they probably still kept the moustaches. And yeah. I think of the moustaches, Wario's sort of It's very angular. There. Maybe it's angular enough Waluigi's to cut through probably the got the more aerodynamic <laughs> moustache. But that wasn't the question. No. <laughs> Who's well, got that's... the most aerodynamic moustache hair in all of... Well, that's, that's my answer. I feel like Sonic's going to get some drag there for the water events. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Between spines, I feel like that's yeah. the thing. Uh, he drones as soon as he touches water in the <sighs> main games. Like he well, gets knee high. Like Sonic One, like okay. In the you're modern... going to be getting to the end of the pool, and it's going to be like ding ding okay. ding 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 ding. In the ding, modern three D games, he can't get more than knee high in water before he drowns. Oh heck! Yeah, the horrible noise. Jason Lee would like to know what environment has the most untapped potential for a future video game, and what genre of game would you like to see in it? You got any answers for this? I'd like to see a horror game set in a human brain, like the the surrealist environment. So you want, like, um, a horror version of Psychonauts? I want, like, them to make a really good game of the concept from the movie The Cell. Ooh, yeah. Like, weird surrealist images that are essentially real in that moment, mm. but, like, a, a world that can spread and change, and the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Like, yes, that the yeah. Imaginarium is supposed to be within brain, within sort of that mindscape and that, and that area. Just, like, I like the idea of the, the surreal, but, like, a really good horror movie in that, like, like you don't know what's real, you don't know what's... Uh, 
what's happening and rather than it being hey we have externalized the things like no we're going into the brain to deal with it you've you've got a better answer than i have i was going to say like i like the idea of a a game that really relies on setting itself in one very small very confined area where like the tension can come from like uh getting a little bit stir crazy because you're trapped oh. in this one small space Ooh. like I like the idea of a game, again, maybe a horror experience of some kind mm. set in just like a, a bomb shelter, like an underground bomb yeah. bunker or something, where it's like, you've had to enter this very small space and you cannot leave for a while because you mm. don't know if it's safe outside. Uh, maybe just like a panic room or something. Mm. But setting a very tense experience in a very detailed, very small space, mm. where there's a lot of things to explore... Um, but doing so means probably looking away from the other person who's in there and, you know, getting suspicious of yourself just because paranoia, because there's only one other person in there, so surely they're the problem, right? Vault tech spin-off? Yeah, like... like before before the vaults open? I In one of the, like, more, like, we're gonna fuck with you type vaults? Yeah, I, I like that as a concept that I don't think gets done often enough. Like, no. some... Something like PT almost did that, where it, yeah. it relied on like a very, you know, that was much Escalation more based on. Within, like, yeah, a small I like the the idea of repetition within environments that you feel like you know very well <coughs> at a certain point. Lucy Nevins would like to know if you could turn into an animal, what would it be? I'd be a giant rainbow battle lynx. I'd be a I'd have giant paws and big old, big old floofy. I'll just be a, I'll just be a, a cute little bunny. A little fluffy bunny. A little fluffy bunny. Would, would would you ride the giant battle links around? Yes, it'd be amazing. <laughs> just a bunny mounted on the back of a yes, giant lynx. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad you understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm very into this. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> messes with my bunny. I have the big paws. I'm going to be a cute little bun. Kitty and bun. Kitty and bun. We can carry Smudge around with us too. Oh, heck. Big kitty, little kitty, not not a cardboard bun. <laughs> Andrew Neal would like to know, if you could set a D&D campaign in a video game world, what worlds and who's your fantasy DM? Oh, oh. Mm. I'd love to play like a Mass Effect D&D uh, &D type campaign. Like, I'd love to just play a big... Big, big. Uh, I feel like I already kind of did that. We had the space season of Dice Funk, but I, I, I love the idea of just like heavily leaning into the existing lore of like a Mass Effect or something. Mm. What about you? I'd like to like see if it would be possible to do like a Silent Hill uh, yeah. D and D campaign. I think you'd have to do it as like a solo. Mm. Like I think you would need a decent amount of backstory for the for the DM to come and like go really okay, tailor well, I'm, the campaign. I'm I'm okay. So this tragic thing has happened in your life. Um, how about that didn't happen? That's just how you remember it. Actually, you did something horrible. Yeah. Um, and these are the the psychological aspects oh. of that that are haunting you, I've, and you're gonna have to uncover that. I've remembered one Ooh. that I would like to do. Yes. Uh, I'd love the idea of like a persona themed D&D uh, &D campaign where it's like, you, you've basically got uh, 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 sort of like a more modern version of like uh, the Shardpoint D&D thing where it's like you've got the school setting and you do mm -hmm. your school stuff and then you've got to go off and, you know, save the world in your uh, in your weekends. Okay. And you sort of use the week to like do your downtime stuff like building your relationships and doing your like mm -hmm. leveling up and then at the weekends it's like, right, 
time to go do our mystical shit that no one can know about that's sort of tied into what we did during the week. Mm. I feel like um, Tales from the Loop has the potential for that sort of thing. Yeah, like there are definitely campaigns that have like touched on that idea. Mm. Um, and who's your dream DM? Adam Coble? Yeah. I promise not to perv on him too much. <laughs> I, I would love to do a, a campaign DM by Griffin. Yeah. I'd, 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 I'd be very into that. I, I don't know if Griffin can go dark enough for no. the sort of thing that's, I, I would that's, like to do. Actually, I would love to play with Griffin. Yeah, but like that—that that wouldn't be like the what is your fantasy D and D campaign yeah. to do. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know who my my fan and my my perfect DMs would be: Austin Yorski and Jane Magna. Uh, oh heck, heck! I'm so honoured I got mentioned in the same breath as Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Listen to Polyarmory. There's a new series coming out. Oh, heck. <laughs> Basin is back. We'd like to know uh, how are your episode names generated. Is it wholly random or is it based on the content of the episode? I assume we're talking about Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Yeah. Um, You edit the chat. I yeah. edit the skits. And then and then I do the compile and put the interstitial tunes in. Yeah. And you sort of skim through. I tend to skim through maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes. Like, I'll just click here and there and pretty much like I'll listen to a couple of words and then go, that's a good word. That's a good word. Those are good words. Um, It's very rare that they're in the same sentence. Yeah. They, they're usually fun... Random, well, randomly picked good words that came up in conversation that were go well together. Yeah, they go well together, but are related to conversations we had on the show. Mm -hmm. And I usually try and avoid anything that comes up in the skits, or that is like the the name of like the actual game that we talk about. Yeah, yeah. You try and make it stuff that's less um, time sensitive than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Becky Twohill. Hi, Becky. Uh, you're given an open mic and told to do anything you like to keep the crowd entertained while they wait for the actual act to come on. What do? Oh no, this is the worst situation. Right? If the whole point is to entertain them, I have one thing prepared that I could do off the cuff. Yeah? That I could I could fill an hour with if I needed to. I'll do that presentation, that keynote I did at uh, Gamer X. About butts? Yeah, I'll do the video game butts presentation. Do you still that... remember that? I remember enough of it, and I remember enough bullet points. It might not be an identical uh, presentation. Oh, I could make an hour-long presentation, like on the fly, about about video game character butts. And assuming that the audience is an audience that would be receptive to that, like you know, keep it to your Mario's, your Sonics, your Pikachu's, your characters that everyone's gonna know. Yeah, I reckon I could keep an audience entertained with. Let's talk about video game character butts for a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably try some of my old stand-up. May if I mean if they knew who I was, if they knew this show, I might just try doing some silly voices for them. Oh, and see if the... I could entertain. Let's do Q and A, shall we? Oh, okay, yes, who's yes. got a question? Oh yes, yes, yes. does it come with sherry? Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that like, or just see how many voices I could get through yeah. in an hour. Uh, well, you probably yeah. wouldn't have to fill an hour. Like, I I put the hour long thing in my own question there. I think it was just vamp for time until the main act arrives. Yeah, um, yeah, I I'm happy to put the time at an hour. Um, yeah. yeah, I would try and do some funnies. Maybe pull out some like uh, stomach radio stuff, like Invisible Bob or oh, Mandy. Yes. We- maybe I'd just try and come up with a Mandy Wise horoscopes on the on the fly. Stomp a size with Mandy Wise, a video that no one will ever see. The first appearance of Mandy Wise. Basically, I dressed up in all of my neon and did a fake exercise video in my living room. Heck, <laughs> it was ridiculous in uh, the best way. <laughs> it was the shit.
<laughs> a bit silly. Calidry uh, Gooder would like to know, uh, if you could drop everything and travel to your heart's content, exploring everything the world has to offer and never needing to worry about money, but in exchange you would never be able to write, make podcasts, stream, vlog, etc., at all, would you? Okay, mm. so we can travel to our heart's desire, but yep. we can't share well, those stories with the world. Well, we we can't blog or write about it. Yeah. I like the idea that perhaps we could sit around a campfire and talk about it with people and share stories. Yeah. I think I... sharing stories is a fundamentally human aspect. Yeah, I here's the thing, like I got into the job I got into because almost as much as experiences themselves, I love talking with people about those experiences. Mm. And like I feel so privileged that I've ended up being able to make that what I do full time. I don't think I would trade having more experiences for being able to communicate less about those experiences. Mm. Like I think right now I'm experiencing enough things in my life. I'm happy enough with that. Like I've I've reached a lucky enough equilibrium where I do get to explore a lot of a lot of things. So I'm not going to take that that trade. No, I don't think I would do that. There is lots of the world I'd like to see, but ultimately, like what makes me happy is trying to make other people happy. Yeah, and a lot of that comes from what did I do this week that I can try and make a joke about. Exactly. Like I I don't think I would be as happy. If I didn't get to talk about the things I did. Yeah. It's what makes me happy. You do. I like sharing things with people. Yeah. I don't wanna share. I don't wanna I don't don't wanna I don't wanna be a capitalist about my experiences. Yeah, you don't wanna have these experiences and be like, and that's my experience and no one else can share it. No, no one wanna know about this the silly thing that Larry Yellingman says Ahem, hi Larry. Here's coconut. Coconut gun can fire in spurts. If he shoots you, it's gonna hurt. He's bigger, faster, and stronger too. Who's this member of the DK crew? Oh goodness, I should know this. Um, please phrase your response in the form of a question. Who is Diddy Kong? He's he's the one with the coconut gun that fires in spurts. If he shoots you, it's gonna hurt. I will. I'll, I, 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 I think, don't. I, don't I think know. maybe I'm wrong. I, I would. Th- my only other option would have been uh, what is Funky Kong? Uh, oh yeah, is it is DK. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Donkey. That's Donkey Kong. I I didn't think it was Donkey Kong that had a a coconut gun. Well, apparently he's armed. Uh, so the correct answer, I believe, was what what is Donkey Kong? What, who is who is Donkey Kong? What is Donkey Kong? Who is Donkey Kong for six hundred? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I oh no, D- Diddy Kong has a peanut gun in in Smash Brothers. That's what I was thinking of. Oh heck, I was thinking of a, of a Donkey Kong character with that I I used a gun with. Don't don't give gorillas guns. No. It could end up very dangerous. And anyway, they already have bananas that they can hold like a gun and go pew pew. Yeah. What more do you want, right? Hmm? Well, apparently real guns. Real guns don't... No give the guns, please. No. No give guns. No guns. What no if guns. What if no guns? What if no guns? Uh, that is all the questions. All of them. All of the questions. Well then. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brocial Justice Warriors. Brocial Justice Warriors? Brocial Justice Warriors. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are, we, how are you doing? Oh, I'm alright. I'm alright. It's a long, long week. My uh, throat's been uh, blowing up. Yeah, same. I think we might have to keep this conversation fairly short. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those weeks. One of those yeah, weeks. It feels like there's been a lot of talking this week. Yeah. What's, uh, how's, how's, how's your week been going, though? You uh, Anything on your mind this week? Well, you know, I've uh, 
been uh, been um, yeah, been pr- pretty busy. Got a lot on on work wise, really. You know, but, yeah. uh, you know, the end of that. We we've just had this long weekend. I still had you know a few things to do around the house, and then what I really wanted to do was just you know take a bit of time to to relax and and recover. Recover. You know, yeah. it's not like a you know I'm I'm, I'm pretty busy most of the time, so it was important to sort of you know do that bit of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I had one. I had one of those recently, and yeah. uh, someone, someone, you know, invited me, um, invited me out. Said sort of, you know, uh, you, you're free, you're free uh, Thursday night, and I was, yeah. I was a little sort of like, uh, well, like, you know, quietly to myself, I said, oh, I am technically free. I've got Thursday night free. I don't, I don't yeah. have anything that needs to happen Thursday night. I'm just going to be sitting around, but also. You know, that time was important for me. You know, I'd yeah. sort of been looking forward to it. It was some recovery time. It was time some that... Self-care. Yeah, some time that I, you know, I wasn't doing anything important, like vital with it, you know, on a calendar. It wasn't time that was, you know, already accounted for. But that I, time off in itself was the, the thing. thing that needed to be done. Yeah, yeah so, you know, I, I, I said, I said to my friend, I said, you know... I, I'm I'm busy. I'm sorry. I I, I can't come out today. And it, you know, I felt a little twinge of you know. I, I, maybe I felt a little bit of guilt over it because I felt like you know, is that being deceptive? But yeah. I, I think it's important to to recognise that you don't have to have every minute accounted for to you know to be busy to not be free for something. Well, exactly. You know, even if you're not. You know, strictly speaking, a, a spoonie. The fact that you might have to, you know, have a little bit of a recharge. There's, you know, really nothing wrong with that. You know, needing that time to just recover, relax, and 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 sort of self care. Just sort things out a bit. Yeah, you know, yeah just get yeah. get things a little bit in order and take that time to just to reset. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and it, it can be difficult. You know, some people who don't. You know, have those needs for their own mental well-being. Yeah. Can see that as you know, either you're blowing them off or being conceited, or you know that you don't value them. Yeah, look, I've occasionally had the uh, you know, sometimes you'll talk to someone and I invite them to something, and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't come along, and then you might see them on social media, you know, having yeah. a having a tweet or something, or you might see them pop up as playing a video game on their console or something. Yeah. It's like, oh no, there's the urge to go. Oh, I feel a little misled, but you know, you got you got to go. Maybe that is important for them right now, and they yeah. need that to you know for their own comfort and to sort exactly. themselves out. You know, exactly. maybe they're not feeling social or something. You know, no. it's you got to resist that urge to go. This means that you lied about being busy because that's yeah. it's a gut reaction, and you know, it's something that I, I know I've got. I I value when other people recognise that for me, and I've got to make sure I'm good at recognising that in other people. Absolutely, you know, it's very important to to take care of those things and and to have that moment of downtime. Like yeah. people talk, we we live in a, a very switched on age, so is more important than ever that they they talk about the fact that people just don't switch off. People don't have like an hour of quiet. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. In, in in maybe even a whole week, just an hour of just of just nothing. Of quiet, just... no no input. From yeah. the outside, an hour of time to do your own stuff in your own head. Yeah, you know, and and it's I don't even think it's necessarily about mindfulness. No, it's uh, just to, to give it that name. Like I think it is just about needing to have a bit of a disconnect from all of the everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Well, mate, should we uh, have to hug you yeah, up yeah. for that? Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah. Oh.
Oh, that's, that's a good hug, mate. It's a good hug, good hug. So, uh, shall I pop a kettle? Yeah, have a, have a cup of tea. Nice, nice. Laura? Yes? Where can I find you on the internet, darling? Uh, Laura K. Buzz in most of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills, if you can afford to chuck me a dollar a month or similar in your local currency. That would really help to keep paying the bills. Mm -hmm. There is laurakbuzz.com, where I post links to all of the things I do. Uh, There is a bunch of them. Uh, I do some stuff for sci-fi fangirls. I uh, publish... I'm on Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm on seasons. You should listen to that. Yeah, I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. And yeah, you should listen to that for no particular reason. No particular this, reason. This week, the episode, should... the, the episode that goes up the same day as this. Maybe go listen to it. Maybe go listen to that. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, so there's that. I'm on Podquisition. I'm on Pixel Square. It's a podcast where me and Mari and Stacy from Geek Remix will talk about video game porn. Uh, tonal whiplash. I will occasionally do silly and serious alternating question interviews with people. Um, I've got a book, Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now as a paperback book and also as an audio book that you can get from laurakbuzzstore.com. Um, there is uh, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is releasing hopefully very soon. Uh, what about you, Jane? Where am I? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm on... Uh, soundcloud.com slash Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. God, it's been a while since I've done that bit. Yeah! Uh, I'm on, I'm, I'm on that Curiosity Epidemic show, the, the badly designated heroes, the first season of which is very nearly at the end. Heck! Which means I've only got a little while left to finish writing the campaign for Polyarmory Season 2. Um, all of that stuff is moving over to the Stone Monkey Radio channel. Uh, so my, um, uh, Janerous Magnet on, on SoundCloud's because we didn't see the point in paying double for hosting. Yeah. So I'm hosting it all now. Oh, heck. Mm-hmm. The power, the absolute power. I mm-hmm. mean, I had all the passwords anyway, so. Um, yeah, and I'm StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, where I've just put up my um, Dragon Quest Builders 2 review. I should have a review for Man of Badan going up, uh, yeah. possibly before this episode comes up so yeah. if you haven't looked at hopefully it already hopefully for embargo embargo you know me um, dead and me snow me I could claim I like you bum bum down indeed yeah I remember those words yeah you do um where else am I oh uh paypal.me slash jane magnet if you want to send me a one off or patreon.com slash radio um, people who are patreons will be getting my text adventure what I did a write of in the next Month or so, I guess. It needs yeah. it needs some playtesting and it needs finishing, obviously. But I think I'm nearly there, and that means that people can play it. Um, as I said, initially, like about three months or so, I'm going to make sure that my patrons are exclusive to that. But then I will release it sort of more generally, so that everyone gets a go. Because I, I appreciate everyone, and if you can't afford to support me, I don't think that should mean you get entirely locked out of the thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that is my things. Thank you very much for all the people who do a support on that. Um, very much appreciative of that. So Laura, yeah, sing us out, my darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.